Hello, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, November 23rd. It is Thanksgiving week. Happy early Thanksgiving to you and yours. We'll be off Thursday. We are on today though. We got a big one. Justin Herbert stops by, Aaron stops by, AJ, the boys are on fire, and we're in the middle of the NFL season. There's a lot to talk about. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Let's get to it. Congrats to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Getting back on track on Monday Night uh-huh. Football. And it doesn't matter if you watch on ESPN or ESPN2 during the Manning cast. You got a chance to see Kevin Hart fucking kill it. Mm-hmm. What are you quiet for? <laughs> there was some hate yesterday from some people in this office about Kevin Hart being Me? on the show. I am a massive Kevin Hart fan. I like Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart too. joined the Monday Night Manning cast <laughs> and... Crushed it. Hell yeah. Bill Parcells still has his fastball. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lisa Rice, how you doing? Good conversation. Then Julian Edelman closed it out well. Learning from Peyton and Eli while watching that game was a thing of beauty because Peyton has yet to get a single call right on what an offense would do. So that makes <laughs> me feel better because the guy who literally was an offensive coordinator and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time can't predict what other teams are doing. So how do we do it? Nobody knows. I did say Bucks minus 11. Uh, yep, and then I tweeted Bucks by a thousand no. after the game yeah. started and they did not win by a thousand but they did win by 20 and it never looked uncomfortable for them tom brady obviously skirted not for 10 yards it was actually 11 that's a dumb question how you doing keep it moving my pliability is at an all-time high without antonio brown in the lineup with gronk returning though can certainly be quite a benefit to an offense especially when you're playing against the giants who stink, stink. stink. yeah they do Giants stink. They're not good at football. Great uniforms, though. Oh, yeah. Uh Awesome. Those uniforms they had on last night were absolutely unbelievable. Saquon Barkley, I know he's coming back from an injury and had another one and everything like that. Is he dead? Mm -hmm. He certainly looks like it. I had a couple different parlays that had anytime touchdown scores. Godwin, how you doing? Thank you, man. Godwin. And there was a lot of action, obviously. Cam Brake was in a lot of the plays, and I thought Gronk was going to be in there. And I had Gronk touchdown, anytime touchdown score in a lot of my parlays, and that ruined everything. Although Gronk did have 70-some yards in his return, he looked fantastic. That Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, when Antonio Brown gets back in there, I think we need to no longer question. Now with the Buccaneers defense, who do they play against? Nobody. That's the thing now. Yeah. So it's hard to even judge yeah. the Buccaneers because the e- easiest thing to do after watching that game last night is like, well, Saquon Barkley, for whatever reason, pitter-patter then can't hit it anymore. Is it him? Is it the team? Is it the scheme? Is it the strategy? Is it Danny Dimes? What is it over there in New York that we haven't been able to see the Saquon Barkley that we all knew, we all loved, and we all had high hopes for? Is it potentially time for us to think about maybe Saquon going somewhere else, starting anew, maybe with a fresh oh. chip on shore, having to prove himself somewhere else, and maybe maybe in a different vibe because the only conversation out of last night, Tom Brady still got it. The Bucks get a big win down in Tampa on Monday night football. The weather looked fantastic. Coach AQ Shipley was on TV before the game looking slim, his head shiny as it ever could fucking be. His calves looked gigantic. They didn't have Vita Vea last night. Thought Saquon was going to go. Yeah. yeah. Thought he was going to go. Had alternate run line uh, or rush yards at like 40, which was minus 350 or something like that. Terrible bet. You can add it into a parlay to add a little juice. Didn't get it. Yeah, no, no, he didn't. No. Didn't get any of it. 
So are the Bucks, is the Bucks defense back or are the Giants so inept? Which leads to the next question. Shout out to Coach AQ Shipley. Uh, speaking of coaches, people are saying they're trying to run the clapper out of New York. No. Yeah. 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 He's the offense been so good, though. No, uh, well, the offense has been terrible before he got there as well, though. So Jason True. Garrett inherited a bad offense with a terrible offensive line, and nothing has really changed since Jason Garrett mm-hmm. has got the reins. Now, we don't see nearly as much clapping and smiling mm-hmm. as we had down mm-hmm. in Dallas, but down in Dallas, there was like four or five years straight where everybody thought Jason Garrett was going to get fired because the averageness of the Cowboys did not lead up to the hype of what the Cowboys was before the season. But Jerry Jones said, Jason's like a son to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, play quarterback here. He's head coach. So this is a family decision we got to make. This ain't a coaching decision. This is a family decision. And it took like three, four, five years for Jerry Jones to finally fire somebody that he calls his son and get him out of there. Mike McCarthy comes in. Team stinks. Last year, Dak gets hurt. Feels like they're a baby back. So I wonder if the Giants fans, who had to play against Jason Garrett's very averageness for a long time in the same division, said whenever he came in, this motherfucker's got about a year or two. We saw (laughs) what he did in Dallas. It feels like here, after week 11 now has officially ended in an 18-week season, now the coaching hot seat in this person stinks that person stinks get him now Orlovsky was calling for this five six weeks ago. oh yeah he was not just for the coaches we're talking about right now mm. but any coaches could potentially get run out of a job five six seven weeks ago by Orlovsky and he had footage by the way to prove that but That's the right. NFL is a season it is a grind we live by it day by day week 11 18 week season people have been fired by this point already Ron Rivera was released like week five. I don't know what it was. It might have been later than that. It felt like it was early in the season. There is some seats getting hot. Not just Jason Garrett. We have no idea what that looks like. And to be honest... Nobody cares nope. about right. the Giants, which is a problem. Oh, yeah. Especially after listening to how Parcells talked about it and how much pride I think the Giants organization has in the history and the tradition and obviously Eli and everything going on with those teams. Strahan, it is nothing like that. That team fucking stinks. Mm-hmm. They're like 20 and 60 or something. Yeah. Like over the last certain amount of years. There was a graphic last night. It said three and six, best start since like 2016. Nobody cares about them, so that doesn't matter. Another team that stinks that everybody does seem to still care about because it was just a couple years ago, they almost won on a run. Hey, there's fire Nagy chance happening. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of let's go Brandon's mm-hmm. happening uh, around. Right. Sure. You yep. know, there's a lot of chance. Ha- now in Chicago, Fire Nagy is being chanted, not just at Bulls games because they get so boring. It And remember, this is not new, okay? If fans get bored at games or games are going bad, there's always ch- In Pittsburgh, okay, you go to a Penguins game, it's mm-hmm. bad. You go to a Pirates game, it's bad. You even go to a Steelers game, it's bad. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Here we go. That starts echoing. Through, like, if you're at a Penguins game and here we go, Steelers starts, it's just like a wave starting, basically, in a crowd. We are bored. This is not what we like to do. Anytime the wave comes... Not good. Not good. good. Not Mm. good. There was a wave in the Barclays Center. A few of them, eight of them. They took eight laps. During the Nets game? No, no, on Sunday at Survivor (laughs) I was sitting there next to Sam Roberts, actually, in between matches. I wasn't calling. And all of a sudden, we see, like, a little excitement come from one area. And then in the next one, then in the next one. And Sam and I actually saw the wave get birthed on Sunday. And me and Sam were like, oh, no. Uh, That's not good. I was like, Sam, if if they're starting to get some momentum, they just want six sections there. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, that thing started taking it. And it 
took the tractor another round. Another round. Another round. Another round. Another round. And then a couple minutes later, somebody started, and then they booed him, and then another chant happening. But the, the fire Nagy chants aren't just happening at Bulls games. Mm-hmm. They're happening at Nagy's kids' high school oh, football. No, no not no. his son. Can't do that. Chicago's disgusting. That's they're, they're good. terrible people. Hey, Nagy with the catch or whatever position he plays, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. He is here. Fire, Fire Nagy. Nagy. I mean, that is unreal. That is what life is like as a head coach, and that's not just going to slow down. They got a game on Thanksgiving. If the Bears lose on oh, Thanksgiving no. against a terrible football oh, team, win, win for us, they though. are playing a terrible football team. It is going to get very loud for Nagy, and he's not the the only one there will be other coaches that will join those seats soon uh and that's the nfl season that's the business and i guess we'll just see how it all plays out we have justin herbert joining us in about 20 minutes or so okay. can't wait to chat with justin i i the time they said 12 30 ish you know okay 12 30 ish so we'll be able to figure that out three hours behind over there in los angeles i can't wait to chat with him i assume it's going to be fantastic aaron Rodgers joins us on oh. this beautiful aaron Rodgers tuesday uh, a couple hours from now can't wait to hear what's going on with the fucking toe Come on, Aaron. How did it happen? So we learned about the egg, Cleopatra's egg, $100 million egg. That's right. Yeah. Last night on Raw. Mm-hmm. Rock oh, had yeah. it. Uh, no, the no he, he, had, he might have had the other two, but The Rock gifted Cleopatra's egg to Vince McMahon. That's oh, why Vince that's McMahon was so worried, actually. Not just because it's $100 million. Vince McMahon shits out $100 million, but The Rock gave it to him. He's upset. That's yeah. right. It's a gift. If I caught all the storyline accurately, mm-hmm. that I was not a part of during the show at all. Checks out. He found it. Austin Theory had it. Austin oh, Theory? Austin Theory. Yeah. Of course. Why do you steal it? Superstar oh. Austin Theory. Yeah, Austin Theory, by the way, incredibly attractive dude. He knows it, understands it, very athletic. I don't think anybody could have guessed Austin Theory was the guy behind the $100 million egg. No, no. definitely not. Not the Same entire Zane Survivor did. Series. Yeah. yeah. The entire Survivor Series. Yeah. There is no way. Sami Zayn, I guess, was the only one, uh, but he was called a snitch by Vince McMahon. Thought yeah. KO yeah. might have had it. Well, KO, Sammy, you know, maybe that's the whole yeah. thing, but KO will fight. He's not just going to steal nah, Well, KO not on Sunday. Anyways, <laughs> the egg was found. Thank, thank, mm-hmm. God. thank, thank God. God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank, thank you, Ray. Thank you, Austin Derry. Hey, we had an entire Survivor Series trying to find this fucking thing. Yeah. You know, 17-hour Survivor Series to find this thing. Austin Derry had it. So, Misunderstanding. I uh, just wanted to take a selfie. Just want a selfie. Hey, he understands the game. The algorithm, the Instagram. He knows right. he has a $100 million so, uh, egg in his picture. That's oh. going to go. Yeah. Anyways, that's not the only mystery happening in sports. I'm happy that got figured out, by the way. Yeah. 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 Thank, thank you. Thank you, Theory. And to the incredibly unathletic-looking fan that decided to take a 40-yard <laughs> run-up and spears Seth Rollins last night on Raw, and then Seth Rollins gets taken out and then puts him into a guillotine oh, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And Chavo Guerrero, who I am uh, a fan of his work growing up, he said, remember when wrestlers were tougher than fans? Seth is still working that camera right there and then had no idea this dude comes stumbling, storming running around the corner, tackles him. I think Seth got him in a guillotine immediately, hit him with a couple uh, kicks, a couple refs. And I am genuinely upset that I was not there. This is a, f- this is, okay, this is time for a free shot. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay, this happened, uh, th- not in life, do you get a lot of opportunities where it's like, hey, you're allowed to just go punch this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you punch him, Everybody will be thankful for it. Yeah. Bret Hart got stormed by a fan in his Hall of Fame mm-hmm. induction. Ronda Rousey's husband. Travis Brown. Travis Brown. He was in the ring. He saw the guy. I think he was in the ring before he even tackled him. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like I'm a professional fighter. I'm six foot ten. I'm more powerful than uh-huh. you. And also, like, this is in society. Uh, I'm allowed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boom. Beat the shit out of him. Oh. Beat the absolute shit out of him. And then uh, <laughs> the, uh, the FTR guys. Uh, 
What are their names? North Carolina guys. They're good guys. Fuck. FDR, their uh, tag team, they're now in AEW. They were uh, helping escort them out, and there's a clear video of uh, oh, poo yeah, right today. Because yeah. that is the time that you can do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you saw like three refs get in there. I saw a couple. Oh, good, yeah. Good and then shoulders. there was a couple boom in uh -huh. that whole thing. What a slob this guy was that came running in there. What a bum. They found the egg. This guy's in jail. I do wish that Seth, because Seth broke character a little bit. I think, I think he called him a bitch yeah, and yeah. a fucker, uh, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Maybe let him cut those promos because it sounded very natural yeah. coming out of his mouth. Happy that's okay. They found the egg. This guy's in jail. Now, what happened to Aaron's toe? Good question. Someone find out. If Well, we are the only people. I we got I hope. I think we are the only people that could potentially find out. Aaron will join us in about two hours or whatever. Ty Schmidt, if how... I tried to read all the journalism books. Last sure. Night. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Last night I tried to. I didn't have to like, watch the game, you know... Fall asleep because I hadn't slept the night before. Yeah, really. Sleep a little. Sleep a little. Find, find a little bit of that because I hadn't slept in like 48 hours or whatever. You just had read all the medical books. Last week. Yeah. Because right. of Dr. Joe Rogan and everything. Took the bar so, exam. Yeah, I did take the bar yeah. exam, but that, I I actually couldn't get in until after the last interview. Uh, and right. yeah, okay. But if anything ever happens in the future with a pandemic and a vaccine and nice. everything like that, I did. We'll be good to go. I did take the test and I'm ready for the follow-up questions. Okay. In this particular one, I tried to read all the journalism books last night. What if he just, what if he no comments us? What if he dances around? He's an incredibly intelligent man. What if we don't get the answer? Are we the fucking assholes then all of a sudden, Ty Schmidt? What are you expecting out of this conversation? I mean, I don't know. I think we got to <laughs> dig a little bit because it was, I mean, we, you, you mentioned it yesterday. Like we made a joke out of it. You know, it was trending. We did the hashtag and everything. And then, you know, the robot Pelicero is reporting that, hey, this is actually like a very serious deal. I mean, guys who get turf toe typically are out, you know, what, two to four weeks, three oh. to six weeks, like, Packers can't afford to have Aaron Rodgers not play. We saw it a couple weeks ago. Jordan Love, like, they, they're in a position right now where the NFC is so top-heavy, too. Like, this guy needs to be healthy. We need to know what the hell is going on with his toe. I know nobody likes to talk about it with Aaron because, you know, he is like this hippie, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. Just kind of like, ah, nah. If he's playing through, like, a broken fucking toe down there and running and moving or whatever, if it's worse than turf toe, that takes people out two or three weeks. This is broken. That's a fractured toe. Everything moves off your toe. You stub your toe. That's your pinky toe normally. Terrible. You have to walk like this. Mm. Big toe, actually, full-time stubbing of the toe. Oh, yeah. man. That changes everything. It's literally every movement you make is affected by it. What a tough hippie son of a bitch this guy is. Well, and that's why I didn't think it was really that serious because in the Seahawks game, which would have been the game right after it happened, like it didn't really look like he was favoring it. He scrambled a couple times and like, you know, it, it didn't look like he was kind of like limping or favoring it at all. So, it, but then you hear before the Vikings game and I'm, I'm sure it's painful as hell, but like, he's, I don't, he's too stubborn of a hippie. He to a let, he's too stubborn. You know what I mean? He, well, I don't think he's practicing again this week. Oh, I think they got it out to preface, like, hey, if you see him miss any time, yeah, like, this is, this is what is right. happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, I think they did it to get in front, like, hey, we just we need Sunday. We already saw him whenever he's out of the building for 10 days, obviously. We'll have him in the building. We just need him to get to Sunday. Then we have a bye week. We will, in our task, probably with the ones to find out what happened to the toe. And I, I have not slept a wink, you know, trying, right. to, oh, trying to figure, figure it, it out. out. Yeah. Uh, at Boston Connor. Um, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers conversation should be good. But sure. I think what I want to talk to you about is the ever-evolving slate of information that we have about the Bill Belichick-Tom Brady relationship. Oh, okay. So, you know, there's books, there's mm -hmm. quotes, yeah. there's secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand stories. There's dads getting involved. Oh, yeah. 
There's a lot that we've heard of these two goats. Mm-hmm. Greatest of all time, greatest coach, greatest GM of all time, 20 years, greatest dynasty of all time. Yeah. Two alphas, you know, that obviously weren't able to make it work forever for whatever reason, depending upon whose third, fourth, sixth connection story yeah. do you listen to. Last night, Tom Brady paid an homage to uh, Bill Belichick. An old coach of mine said it's not about who you play, it's how you play him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was to Bill Belichick. What do you think's going on over there? You, you think Tom Brady is like, hey, everybody needs to relax. I said, why didn't he say his name? What, what yeah, old coach of mine? Yeah, hey, Tom, we know you're talking about Bill. He's the only old coach aside from the ones that you currently have that you've ever had. But I mean, you know, I think it was blown out of proportion for a while. Last year, I think there was a real thought that, oh, the these two were button heads for, you know, the last three years of the Brady and Belichick era. But that's kind of, you know, fallen to the wayside. It does seem as though Brady might be in, you know, some sort of ownership role in New what? England. Park so, yeah, well, how, how do you, you pitch this, this earlier? This is a theory. Yeah, yeah you a theory pitch this earlier. How, 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 how and why? Kraft always says, I love Tom like a son. He is like a son to me. Brady said after the Bucks pats game on the field in his postgame interview, you know, when it's all said and done, the fans will be able to see a lot more of me around. Around here. Well, that's because he's not playing football of for course, another city. Of course, he's mm-hmm. not playing football yeah. for another city, but no one retires to Boston. They really don't do that. They Whoa. stay down in Tampa. They stay down in A Florida. lot of the whites from Boston, you're saying, retire. They flock down. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. Just like Tom. They're just yeah. like Tom did. They don't Nobody flock Nobody says, hey, I, no. I'm down here now. I no, can't no, no, wait. No. Birds don't fly north for the winter, Pat. Snowbirds. And you can check science. And snowbirds don't count. Uh, penguins can't fly. Duh. Uh, but so, no, penguins can play hockey, though. So fucking good. That's right. Anyways, that's ahead. why the Bruins bottom and they're not nah, by the, the bottom. Bruins are. That's beside not the point. We're talking about the I think there's a chance Brady gets maybe, you know, 5% of the team. That's maybe. so much money. A lot yeah. of money. But also, think about what New England would be as an organization if they didn't have Brady. They wouldn't be one of the highest, you know, Value. So is he going to give Bill some too then? And Bill's just going to pass that on down to Steve? Or how do you think that works? Because if he gives, if Kraft gives Tom yeah. some, then immediately the conversation, oh, Kraft did like Tom more than he liked Bill uh-huh. because he's not giving Bill any. Then it just generates even more bullshit and drama. Huh. That'd be, I don't know if, when you pitched this earlier, yeah. I was no fucking way is an owner just handing a player a percentage, especially 5%. That's a it's lot. A lot yeah. It's a lot of money. And all these business moves that happen, I've been pitched by companies that are failures and have never worked and will never work a half a percent, and they acted as if that was a big deal. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Okay, that is not some 5% would be huge in that whole thing. But to your point, that'd be an easy way, just like old Tepper did with Cam Newton. Hey, here's yep. $10 million. Yeah. Okay, we apologize for how it ended. We're much better with you around us, though. That'd be a lot larger than a $10 million investment. But to Tom, hey, we want you to legitimately still feel like you're a part of our family because Peyton Manning has a statue here. Yeah. Okay, he got his uh, thing. He lives in Denver. That's mm-hmm. right. He is in Denver full-time in their community. He's no longer here. Maybe Kraft would like to keep old Tom Brady around. That'd be a great way to do it. And Tom's a businessman. Exactly. Tom is a businessman. Yeah. He is very, very, very good off the field at what he does. Maybe that would be that would be a brilliant move by Tom. Well, and five percent is a lot, like you just said. It could be two and a half. It could be one percent. You know, and which is still in a massive yeah, amount, a ton of money. And I do assume the statue is probably coming of you know both Bill and Tom because obviously they're going to bring him back when it's all said and done and retire twelve in New England. It's not like anybody's going to wear that jersey again. So I, that's think just Vince Wilfork is like, what did I get all these fucking kisses on his cheek for? Yeah. If I'm not getting a percentage. <laughs> yeah. What about me? What about I'm like a son? Am I? 
I'll take goddamn quarter. I was there for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Do they have Bowls? to give him a percentage? Can't they just open it up for him to buy? I mean, Giselle's got all the money True. in the fucking world. Tom's got him. I don't know how it is with the dilution of shares in the NFL. I have no idea. Like, the Packers can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're well, publicly owned. I don't know about scam. how. Well, that scam they're running. It's like the, the Colts here in town. Okay? Three daughters. Kalen, Carly, and one that stays out of the public eye. Smart. I was trying to decide whether or not I should say her name, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, but she smart. is is she not. She stays real, out of public. Yeah, yeah she, she stays, stays out of public eye. And I, who am I to You're say? Not gonna make that choice. For no, her. I'm no. not doing that. No. No. no, but like that team probably stays within the family, right? So yeah. they probably all get yeah. third of it. What if one of them doesn't want to be in anymore? Then what? Thirty three percent is potentially up for sale, and then how does that whole thing work? And then how much money do I have to pay to who? Well, yeah. and that's basically what's going on with the Chargers right now and the Spanos family. Like the two of the siblings want not to keep that any it. of the Ursays would want to sell. By the way, right? Like, I am not saying that at all. Kalen, Carly, and I believe the one that is kind of—they're all very much involved. This is not like a hey, they are—they are day to day in the building, very much a part of it. I'm just saying that situation in comparison. I don't want anybody to think that they are even, that is not what they're doing. But you're right. At the Chargers, this is kind of something that's going on. Well, there's no bullshit involved with that. You know, it's like people aren't, you know, kicking the tires on like, oh, I think I might want to buy ownership in an NFL team. Like if someone comes to, you know, the Chargers or the Colts or whatever, if that were to happen, like, you know, it's like, okay, well, this person has money. They're going to do this. And it's the, the NFL is a business that everybody would like to get into. Yeah. Because Amazon. Oh, yeah. Okay, you know, Ooh. the richest company in the world with the richest man in the world. The company that through this pandemic actually got better. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It was it was crafted for a pandemic, basically. Now it'll change everybody's life forever. We've all been affected by Amazon in one way or another. There's other companies that have adapted Amazon's model and is like other entire industries have done it. Amazon kind of set the precedent for all this. That's why they have everybody's money. They have everybody's money. Mm-hmm. Not just like, I think at first they were tech stuff. Then they moved in, obviously, groceries and every. They are everybody's money they have. They're talking to the NFL about gaining like more rights. Amazon is in talks with the country's richest sports league about acquiring up to a 49% stake <laughs> in the NFL network, Red Zone, and other digital entities. By the way, Damn. shout out to Front Office Sports. I wonder how much you guys are for sale. I don't think you. <laughs> Thought that I forgot about that, but uh-huh. the NFL hired Goldman Sachs in June to negotiate a deal for its media property. So Goldman Sachs, they created their own market, right? In the stock market, Goldman, Sa- Goldman Sachs has, it is riddled with interesting stories and controversies mm-hmm. with uh, their handling and business maneuvers. They have all the cash as well. Oh, yeah. The hell is that? That was Zito. But he would say right now that. <laughs> That wasn't me. It wasn't Z. Nailed it. Huh. What the fuck is he watching? It? I don't know. I don't know. Live I we are live right now. My watching laptop the, was up there. What? So yeah, good music video <laughs> on YouTube? <laughs> we were singing it yesterday. Zeno, I fucking love you, dude. What? I love you so much. By the way, he, he said some damning things in that song to then follow up yeah. with it wasn't yeah, me. Yeah, he did. Tommy Man. Yeah. Okay, uh, Zito just gave me word that 1230 is locked in for Justin Herbert, so we have to get to a break relatively (laughs) soon. Thank you, Zito, for being able to juggle all those things, including a sing-along shag. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills. 
or on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Banging a banging a banging a. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Round time. Bingo. Her population, you dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. F- free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. But it is time for our main event. Ladies and gentlemen, calling into the show that he calls into every single Tuesday during the football season. A man that never gets talked about ever, about anything that ever happens in his life to him, with him, involving him. Ladies and gentlemen, the only time this man is spoke about is right now during this show so let's gather it all in and enjoy the hell out of this might have a tell issue beat covid is the reigning defending undisputed mvp of the nfl aaron Rodgers. hey dude do i have to have an intro every single week (laughs) so the issue is the computer that calls you is also the computer that runs the intro video that we do. So to get you on, we're already live, you know, and nobody wants to hear. So it's a, it's really just a pastime for me. So I'll start doing different things, though. But, yeah, you're going to have to fucking hear it, dude. That's the way it's going to have to go. <laughs> okay, just switch it up a little bit here and there. Maybe I'll let AJ do it one time. Oh, I like that, actually. That Next week, AJ comes back in from the hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. I'm sure he'll... Uh, He'll say some magical things. Let's talk about your life right now. That was a heartbreaker, obviously, for fans. I couldn't imagine uh, you. Just thoughts on how the game went, and now we're a couple days removed from it. Have you moved past it? Yeah, I mean, it's always on to the next opponent uh, at this time during the week. We get to rehash it on this show, which is great. Always good. But... Let's dive yeah. into a miss, an incompletion you had in the first quarter two days ago that, you know, you are trying to get past. But let's dive into it a little bit. We apologize for that, but it is nice to hear from you. No, I appreciate it. Man. You know, I sidebar with you guys how much I enjoy our conversations. I think a decent 
portion of the viewership probably thinks, especially new viewers, that AJ might be muted or a mute <laughs> in general. No, but, no. Just the uh, people that see the clips. The we're clips. here for you, buddy. We're here for you. We're not here to hear me speak. We want to hear the old COVID cowboy, Dr. Rogan, Aaron Rodgers speak, not me. Jeez. See, there you are. There you are. Just <laughs> it up already. I love it. I love it. That's uh, great. Um, did you feel like you started out cold in the game against Minnesota, though? Because I, I was watching along in a closet uh, to the Spanish version at the Barclays Center live on a TV, and I, I couldn't hear what they were saying, but watching, it felt like third quarter, down 13, you threw a ball to Devontae, and then you went to a Devontae again, then you scrambled one, then there was a pass interference, and you threw a dart to the. De- the Guara. The Guara. Was there something to that? Like when you find it, is there is there anything to that, or is that just like an ignorant take from watching? I felt like I was in a rhythm early on. We just missed on a few plays. You know, we had uh, a couple of things uh, detail wise that that weren't great in the execution on a few of the early drives. But it felt like we moved the ball pretty well most of the game. The drive that really got us going was the, was the drive that started with uh, a little over three minutes left, rolled into the two minute. And, you know, threw a touchdown to uh, Josiah there at the end of the first half. And then, you know, counting that drive, there was a kneel down uh, that J-Lo took. And then, you know, we scored on four, four straight possessions, really, you know, four touchdowns in a row. So we got into a nice rhythm starting with a two-minute drive. Um, you know, Mike Zimmer's defense is always going to throw different things at you. They had a couple of good wrinkles. Uh, they brought Harrison a number of times by himself. They had him playing kind of a nickel safety on the first play of the game. They brought a new pressure, which they always do. Uh, uh, they got us the first time with it. Um, and the second time we picked up really good. And the second time was the 75-yarder to uh, uh, MVS. And the beauty in that play is, you know, I'm sure they talked about on the sidelines, it's a it's a fantastic schematic blitz. You know, the, uh, Vikings are known for their double-A pressures. Obviously, they're kind of Mike and his staff is kind of the inventors of seven up, eight up, double edges, double mug. And what they were doing was they were double mugging, putting Harrison on this to the strong side. And they've done a number of variations over the years, but they actually brought the strong uh, backer in the strong A and wrapped the backside backer around with a loop by the three technique. Uh, really fucking good pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, schematically really good. Uh, first time the three tech was actually coming free off of it. The second time, you know, we did a nice job. We picked it up. Lucas did a great job of redirecting. AJ Dillon stepped up and, and blocked, um, Kendricks, I believe was in the strong A and then Royce at right guard did a nice job redirecting for Barr, who was leaping, uh, looping around, um, and gave me just enough time to sit in there and hit Marquez. But that's the beauty in the game is, is about it, making adjustments and, and, uh, and being able to to adapt again, this you know, which to add another layer to that, our last you know our last two plays of the game were pretty good. I tried to call timeout on on third down. Lucas thought snap was on on that second leg kick, um, and then Devonte does a freelance route that ends up turning to a touchdown. And the next play is a seventy five yarder to Marquez. Um, so we finished the game <laughs> fairly strong on those two plays. But the last play goes back to a sideline conversation with. Uh, with Luke Getz, he ran the play earlier in the game and huh. and saw that they had dropped the corner out. That's an old it's an old West Coast uh, concept that we ran all the time when Mike was here. 
kind of slowly has been seeping back into game plan. It's, not, it's nothing special. It turns into a four-strong play with a backside slant and, and various guys doing different things. You can mix up the backside route. But in the huddle, I said, Marquez, you go to three, and and Kabi, you go to two on this play, meaning you line up in the two spot, Kabi and and – because on the previous play that we had looked at, when I looked down the sidelines, Marquez's angle was a little bit flat. And so I was thinking was, if I got speed at three, that's going to attract multiple guys. And if I got Cobby in there, I got a good feeling that he's going to keep that high angle on the corner, and we might start off with an explosive play in the, in the, in the two-minute. Well, it turned out, I came off and looked left, and they doubled tag, and I had, you know, Mr. 23 miles an hour running down the, down the middle on a safety and, and put the ball in a good spot, and obviously he scored it. Hey, you see, you are like Rain Man. I, I apologize, AJ. That was unbelievable. I feel like uh, football just came through a fire hose, but everybody <laughs> on the internet is going to check what you just did and put a video to it, and it is oh, going to yeah. be so fucking cool, and I appreciate you doing that. Go ahead, AJ. I mean, yeah, your recall is, is unbelievable, but we all know like recall doesn't mean anything if, if you have three or four toes falling off. Do you have any update on how you're doing, what you did at halftime to try to – help the pain level these guys all assume you just go in there and get shot up with everything i tell them green bay is very conservative with a lot of that stuff but but how you feeling now on on tuesday after the sunday game i feel similar to how i felt last tuesday um you know this is something that's not going to go away uh i don't think it's going to be something i'll deal with i'm not sure what the bye week's going to look like there's a lot of options on the table one option that's not on the table is sitting out. So I'm going to push through this and, and keep and keep. What are the other but, options? Yeah, what were the options? Surgery? Out for the Amputate year? Amputate it? Amputate? Yeah, Ronnie lot that thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just snip it off. That's, that's always an option. Just the pinky toe, right? Yeah, just the big toe, right? Yeah, just the first the first two and half of the, the fifth, right? Um <laughs> No, I mean, there's definitely uh, all options on the table. Surgery, rest, sit out. Um, I'm not going to sit out, though. I'm going to keep playing. Okay, so, hold on, hold on, hold on. Doesn't it behoove everybody to know what the hell happened? Because there, the, Tom Pelissero, the arrow, who gets memos from teams, the NFL, into his brain and has the ability to and then just send them out literally so everybody can see him. And that is what he's incredible at. He said this is worse than a turf toe, uh, but you're still playing turf toe. It takes people out, out. Like that actually does. Shouldn't we talk more about you battling through something that is really incredibly painful right now? Or do you think people just don't say that because you're a hippie? And what is it? What is, what what did happen? Are you okay? Well, you know, with all due respect to Tom Pelissero, now I can say whatever I want. Um, <laughs> I believe that I mentioned uh, that it was more painful than turf toe. And I had turf toe years ago. And that, uh, the problem with turf toe is that, you know, it's that joint in your big toe and, and it is very painful. So naturally, I'm leading people to understand that if it's worse than turf toe, there must be some sort of bone issue. Um, oh, okay. So, it's covering stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's in a. It, it's better the fifth toe than the first toe, or even the second or the third, or probably the fourth toe. There's, Where do we start? So, yeah, yeah. Are we European counting? Like thumbs one, or are we? You know. 
Yeah, I'm going, you know, one from the big toe. Just like, you know, it's one, two, three. So you're European. Okay. Four, five, yeah. right? This is European now? Okay. Well, yeah, it, yeah. it literally was a war. A, a whole shootout happened yeah. in the basement yeah. of a bar because one, two, three, four. Germany. Uh, yeah, the German is the thumb here. I mean, there was an entire situation there. Yeah. So this, yeah, exactly. Yeah, tree. So you know, that's, you know that's three if you're... Sacramento Kings fan going back to Big Bloody Daddy when he made, <laughs> make a, make a three pointer and you know he's throwing up. <laughs> I remember the first time he did it, I was like, "It's too legit." What is he doing? Oh, too legit, too quick. Hi, hi. And then Jeff Hardy took that right in the oh, guns, yeah. and then Urban was like, "Give me that." So let's talk though <laughs> about. So this is pinky toe. This is what we're happy. Pinky toe, ring yep. toe. And it's uh, obviously some. Did you stove your stub your toe? You were walking around with COVID. Bang! Is that what happened out there? Look, Pat, I've already talked enough about on this show about my uh, medical uh, status and other. <laughs> so, I'm gonna. I've given you enough information at this point. I have a injury that's not going away, and I'm gonna be dealing with it for. At least the next few weeks. And this is Pinky Toe. Okay, good. I feel like we did our All right. Good for there us. There you go. Hey, way to go, AJ. We did it. I, I think just cut that bad boy off. You'll be all right. Well, that's what Ohio would do, obviously. But you, I don't think you ever get talked about for your uh, toughness. Do you think it's just. Yeah, I can get you a toe by three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Um, how is the team? How's it feel? You got a bye week coming at like a perfect time, especially Ooh. with your toe. But Bakhtiari allegedly had a scope within the last couple of weeks. There's rumors now he's back for the stretch run. What does that mean? It feels like bye week maybe could be this week. It'd be better, but maybe at the perfect time as well for you guys. Yeah, we got to get healthy. We got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of injuries. Obviously losing Elton. Uh doesn't make us a better football team. You know, he's been so talented. He started center for us at left guard, left tackle. He played right tackle last year in the opener. I mean, he's such a talented player. Kind of, you know, similar to Dave, very freak uh, freak injury. You know, he kind of uh, was was setting out to block Harrison on a free safety pressure off the edge and looked like uh, he was just bracing on his left leg and, and his knee just kind of gave out. So uh, disappointed for him. He's such a great kid. Uh, such a talented player and means so much to us from an energy standpoint and, and just his play style. I mean, he's a fantastic player. To be able to be so good all-rookie team at guard and then to be just so reliable at left tackle, I mean, that's just really rare in this league to be able to do that. And obviously a lot of injuries that we haven't thought about, you know, maybe Packer fans, I'm sure, in the back of our mind, but, you know, we still have two of our top defensive players who haven't played a whole lot this year in Jair and, and Zedarius. So, uh, I've definitely seen Jair. I feel like uh, I'm not overstepping, stating that he hasn't had any setbacks. I don't think by any of the, uh, you know, the, the medical stuff, the information he's received. I don't know if that means he comes back and plays this year. But um, I know sure. Z. You know, we're all hopeful that, that Z's able to come back and play at some point this year. But we've got a lot of injuries. You know, we've we've had, uh, you know, a number of uh, ACLs that have hurt us and obviously we've been wanting Dave to come back for a while and he's just not not quite ready so it's been a it's been a grind but we got a home game against a good opponent uh this week and and we're gonna have to find a way and get to the bye at nine and three have you ever had a situation before in a game like you had this past game when you were trying to call the timeout the ball is snapped 
and then all of a sudden you throw a touchdown pass. And also, as that ball is coming to you when you're trying to call a timeout, what was going through your head? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was, it was third and six, I believe, in that situation. Very important time in the game, 23-17. We, you know, we started the drive uh, backed up. It been a really nice drive for us and knew how important that play was. So I gave a long, silent cadence in the huddle. As we broke the huddle, Lucas goes 15, meaning 15 on the play clock. And I said, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Um, because in my mind, I was going to see if they might jump on the first two or at least, uh, you know, they were uh, Barr and Kendricks were in the A-gaps. And it looked like they might plan zero behind it, um, which is, a, a you know, again, with Zimmer, they will bring both backers, but the side of the turn, that backer gets freed up and he gets a drop Turn, off. turn, turn. What's that mean? By the, the, the center. So, so we were in a left-dominant uh, 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 formation. Uh, we had uh, a protection where the center was going to turn to the right. So both backers initially come, but the backer to the side of the turn of the center, he gets a drop-off in coverage and kind of buy in an extra guy. Those guys get picks a lot, right, because you don't see them at first. Exactly. And so what happens, uh, Pat, is um, you have to squeeze to the side away from the turn. So if you both bring both guys, and in that situation, our left guard in a blocking uh, the backer in the left A gap, and the tackle squeezed down on three technique. So the free guy was going to be Everson off the edge. Huh. So I was thinking about calling timeout. Now, because of the timing of my leg kick and, and the snap, uh, Sean uh, Hockley, the referee, rightly allowed the play to go. Um, I'm happy about it now because of the way it turned out. But I will, I will hearken back to this. And, and I said it yesterday we were watching the film. I, I, wonder, I wonder this. In 2016, we were playing the Vikings at home um, later in the year. And they ran almost the exact same pressure, right? And Everson, Everson was free off the edge, right? And I knew he was free and knew I – uh, I didn't have a great place to go with the ball, so I spun out of it to the left and ran it in with a real average juke on the goal line. I think I juked Xavier Rhodes. Jordy Nelson claims that he kind of gave him a push that, that put him off balance. All that to say, I scored a touchdown on that. Very, the exact same pressure, basically. I don't remember if, if they're in the B gaps or the A gaps, um, but – and actually, they could have been the B-gaps on Tuesday. Either way, we were squeezing. Everson was free. I spun out. So I wonder, and you'd have to ask him, was there anything in the back of his mind remembering that play in the moment from five years ago that, oh, my God, like, I'm free, but I got to kind of, like, make sure this yeah. older, marginally athletic guy doesn't find out on me. Crafty, yeah. So hey, I'm was, happy. Hey, I'm happy we're at this point, by the way. Because just a few weeks ago, remember, he was saying, oh, yeah. oh am I tripping over my own feet? Mm -hmm. Now there's a chance that Everson Griffin has nightmares of five years ago. No, not, I, don't, I don't think Everson has nightmares. No, okay. <laughs> he may be a little hesitant, but there's a but lot he of – He rocked me a couple of times in the game. I enjoy him a lot. He's a, he's a nice guy. He's pretty funny on the field. He said some hilarious things over the years, and I enjoy competing against him. But in that moment when I caught it, oh, shit. We're squeezing. I look left at Marquez. He kind of cut his route off a little short. Um, he, he had a through route. Uh, so it was kind of off him and looked quick to the left flat, 
Cobby was running just a little uh, smoke route, and Pat P was out there, and he was all over it. And I just happened to look inside uh, in the slot at Tay, and Tay had made an unbelievable double move, not in the not in the initial play at all. And I was able to just kind of load on my left, knowing I'm about to on my right, knowing I'm about to take a shot and get the ball up enough. Uh, and then I saw a flag down, and I was like, oh, here we go. Oh, do we hold or something? And they called, you know, a marginal roughing the passer, you know, uh, call. And uh, the rest is kind of history on that one. Yeah, it was an amazing play, amazing touchdown. The internet said that obviously Aaron Rodgers getting preferential treatment here. Mm-hmm. Clearly called for a timeout <laughs> instead through a massive touchdown. But if you're getting preferential treatment, I don't, I don't think you uh, would have signed yourself up to get killed by Everson Griffin. Yeah. But nonetheless, incredible game. A lot of great plays were made. Uh, you end up on the wrong side. On the field. You thought Savage caught that? I was dancing around Barclays Center. I was dancing. I was having the time. They went to a commercial. I don't know if you've seen the TV copy. They went to the commercial break. Gumpy was sprinting around Indianapolis. I was dancing in the Barclays Center, yelling while they're shooting things on the other side. And then we came back. Kirk Cousins has the ball still. They show the replay. Once again, I'm watching in Spanish. And I, 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 didn't, I don't know enough of Spanish I've learned. They show the replay. It's like, oh, that was clearly a drop. How were we even sold it? On the field, did you guys know that was a drop when i saw it live uh to me when you saw the ball come out that goes back to the you know uh the issue of leaving your feet going to the ground uh you got to secure the catch all the way to the ground but as we've seen at various times you know once you're on the ground if the if the player you know knocks the ball out of your hands they've been rightly calling that a catch so i went and got my helmet but i I was really thinking, I don't think this one's going to stand. Uh, went out there and immediately, you know, close there after they, they showed the replay up on the Jumbotron. And I was talking with uh, with Anthony Barr out there. Um, and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, it's not a catch. Yeah, that's <laughs> a bummer. Yeah. Hey, you and AB get along, by the way? You and AB get along? I saw you guys interact with each other a couple times through the game. Look, we had, you know, in 2017, we had a misunderstanding for sure. I felt like he might have given me the middle finger um, oh, as you. I was walking off with a, with a uh, you know, broken collarbone. In 18, we talked about it and kind of, you know, patched things up or whatever, let bygones be bygones. He's a Pac-12 guy, um, oh, and we've played it. You know, we've, we've kind of passed that threshold. We've played against each other so many times that there's like an ingrained respect that, that goes in. And same with Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith. You know, played against those guys and, and Everson. You know, those four guys have been around there for so long. There's just a respect level, knowing what it takes to, like, keep being uh, your best year after year, and there's a respect level that goes along with it. So we were actually talking about our colleges. Uh, the Golden Bears romped in the big game 41-11 to 11 over Stanford. And UCLA beat their crosstown rivals. I believe it turned off like 62 to 33 or something. Hey, so. he jumped over a guy. That dude. That, DT- that was amazing. That, yeah. that was awesome. Hey, how good is Harrison Smith? I feel like that dude should get talked about all the time. If you watch that dude disguise his coverages and blitzes and everything he does and then the plays he makes, like watching his film is a thing of beauty. Like showing him disguise. How tough is it facing a dude like him? I mean, I think I think the way that he disguises should probably be standard secondary uh, teaching tape. Um, he's 
I think, the best in the game at that. And then you add to it, he's a really good blitzer. You know, he's got a number of sacks over the years. And then you add to that, he's a great tackler. And then you add to that, he's got great ball skills. So, you know, he's the, he's definitely uh, the total total package. Played against him for a long time. I have a ton of respect for him. He is the most difficult person, I think, in the league to determine uh, whether or not he's blitzing, what he's doing on certain plays. Um yeah, they do such a great job disguising. It takes the two inside backers and the safeties and the corners to create a great disguise. They do a great job uh, of that with Barr and Kendricks and, and Smith all kind of aligned. A few times, you know, you guess right because uh, it is a guessing game at times. But you have, if you have, um, you know, audibles in the game or check with me's that are based on shell, is it too high or one high? You know, a lot of times taking your best guess based on all the information, but a lot of times over the years, you guess wrong. Uh, I happened to guess right a few times in the game on, on Sunday and, and especially in the second half. And that's, I think what kind of got us to a rhythm on some of those check with me's. Uh, but can you explain that? What check with me is? Yeah. So we have a run or a pass called in the huddle and, uh, the run can be based on a specific technique you want to run the ball to, or uh, and that could be a, a defensive line technique, could be where linebackers located, or it could be um, safety location as well, or it could be one high or two high. So one high safety or two high safety, um, and then you could have an associated uh, run to the opposite side with that uh, initial run, or you could have a pass play or a keeper. Um, any of those things. Um, so a lot of that is, you know, certain situations, certain teams. You feel like with the front information and maybe the way the corners are playing or the safeties or linebacker location it might be a little bit easier or some teams like to line up in their in their final um if defensive structure maybe a little earlier based on cadence or based on um you know any other factor but minnesota likes to hold you know as long as possible there's certain tells with certain teams like if it looks too good to be true a lot of times it is like maybe the will linebacker is sitting in the a gap and there's no uh you know, B gap or C gap support player, you, you know, you're thinking, all right, well, there must be weak rotation on this play. So you can kind of guess. But what Minnesota does is they stick the mic in the A gap and the will in the weak side B gap. And last second, they both jump over two gaps and the safety comes down right at the snap. Um, so a lot of times you are just guessing uh, on what it is. And, and uh, thankfully, I definitely in the second half, I guessed right more than I, more than I guessed wrong. A couple quick follow-ups as a sports dude who doesn't know football anywhere near as much as you two, obviously. This used to happen. I think Bill Belichick started doing this to Peyton, where they wouldn't move until like 10 seconds left in the play clock or five seconds left in the play clock because they thought at that point Peyton wasn't able to check the play. And with that being said, does that mean there's four plays being called or could be called in the check with me? What does Scary Ninja mean? I'm not. I'm not talking about scary ninja, but ninjas. ninjas oh, yeah. Hey, that's recall yeah, yeah. from last yeah, yeah. year, by the way, huh? Little huh? <laughs> ninjas. Ninjas can be scary, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Jackie Chan, Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, Steven. Any of the kids? Any of the kids in Three Ninjas? Mori Tanaka, yeah. 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 Steven. Ninja Turtles. Seagal. Seagal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal, hard to kill. <laughs> Tough. Uh, that guy survives everything. That yeah. motherfucker's been through it. Oh yeah. 
I don't even remember the question. Four, is, is there four plays there? And do you have a time in your head where you can't go? And this might be too much information, but I think it's been figured out at this point. Is that why you're always so close to zero? Because you're trying to hold on as late as possible because defensive coordinators are uh, kind of fucking with you in that? I mean, I, I think this game we, we did a better job. I mean, the only time we were up against it, it seemed like, was when I was you know thinking about calling timeout and Lucas snapped it. Uh, we actually did a lot more short cadences this week uh, just to try and get them to uh, to respect the fact that we wanted to, you know, try and combat some of the uh, some of the disguise. So uh, that's what you got to do. You got to mix it up. You know, some weeks you run four or five, six, ten plays on first sound, you know, against teams that you want to get up and just get things going. Some some teams you like a long cadence to really – you know, get to the perfect uh, the perfect play based on the final coverage. That's a long one right there. Did you hear what I just did right there? That was a long one. I mean, that's a lot of the play clock being eaten up by this incredible cadence. Go ahead, Todd. Aaron, I can only imagine how loud it was in the stadium on Sunday. They mentioned on the TV copy like several times how you couldn't really hear anything in there. At this point in your career, like does that really affect the offense that much? Because it seemed like when like you were feeding off it when they were getting their loudest and you, you know, you'd dice them up, get a big first down or that touchdown to MVS. Like at this point, does, does that even really affect you guys that much? I'd say we're pretty good at uh, all of our silent, silent adjustments, uh, route adjustments, cadence. We've done really good over the years. I think I said it on the show a few weeks ago. You know, big shout out to TJ Lang and Josh Sitton and Brian Balaga shout out. for their their help uh, early on with some of the silent count stuff that I think really changed. Uh, you know, the dynamic on offense, being able to get off on the snap count. Uh, those guys did a great job of uh, you know inspiring and, and using their creativity to to try and figure out how to best uh, utilize that silent count. But, look, I've played in some really loud environments over the years. The loudest outdoor is obviously Seattle. I mean, that place is really nutty to play in, and you can't hear anything. I mean, you're screaming in the huddle. I've had the signal in the huddle at times because it's so ridiculous. The old Metrodome, as far as uh, inside stadiums, the old Metrodome, I think it's got to be the loudest. I mean, that place Where? was Minnesota. Absolutely rocking in Minnesota. Uh, it was just smaller. You know, the new stadium is a beautiful stadium in, in, uh, in Minnesota. It's not as loud as the old Metrodome. Um, it's it's very loud still, but nothing, I don't think. I mean, Atlanta in the playoffs in 11 was crazy, crazy loud. Um, and in, in 16. But the old Metrodome, um, you know, because they were pumping in that sound, is probably the loudest indoor stadium. <laughs> Well, 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 the RCA dumb. Did you ever play here whenever before Lucas Oil was up? And they said that place was loud. They got accused of piping in noise uh, as well because of how loud it was. Not proven. Well, not proven. Hey, you watch not, this? Not proven. Not proven. It's all yeah. hearsay. It's all a bunch of bullshit. You watch Man in the Arena, that first episode about Tom? And is that something I, you would it, get into? I didn't see it. I like binging shows. Uh, so if it's, if it's, uh, if there's a point where you can binge it, then I might uh, might check it out. But yeah. I think they're, are they doing one a week? What are they doing? Yeah, this is the new thing. Apple started it with the morning show and Ted Lasso, where they only release one a week. Fucking get on with it. Give us at least three, you know? We need at least three. I think that would be the proper amount if you still want to get a couple-week buzz. Don't you agree? I agree. A couple-week buzz? Is that what you refer to it as? Yeah, because it comes in, everybody watches it, it's one weekend where, it, like Tiger King, for instance, it comes in one weekend, then it's dead. You know, I think they wanted to combat that with all their work so they could extend the time. I, I don't know. 
I just hate it. I hate it. I, I'm like you. If I'm if I'm deciding to pay attention to this, you better give me all of it because <laughs> like this ain't going to happen again. You know. No, that's yeah, that's how, and I love Ted Lasso. Thanks for the Rex uh, on that. But even with Ted Lasso, I would lag behind and hopefully not get any spoilers so I could watch two or three in a row just because. You know, I don't have an extended amount of time to to really watch TV in general. But if I'm going to sit on the couch and do rehab or just zone out for a little bit, I need I need a couple episodes at least in a row. I agree. I don't think you're being too high maintenance. I agree. And maybe we're both wrong because it feels like every show is now becoming one a week. It's like, no, no, we had this before. We, we don't like this. We changed. We completely changed the game. We don't do this anymore. Um, last question here for me before we get into – you know, the most amazing book club announcement of all time. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you'll you'll carry with you through your uh, quarantine where you had to be by yourself for 10 days? Aside from breaking toes on things, is there anything that you'll carry into everyday life going forward? Is there anything you got out of quarantine that, you know, maybe a positive out of this whole thing? Or, uh, Man. I don't know. I mean, it was... It was quiet. I definitely missed uh, miss seeing the guys. You know, when I when I spent time this off season, uh, you know, working on myself and, and away from the team and, and enjoying my time off, it kind of started to feel like what retirement might might be a little bit. And both you guys uh, played for a long time, and and uh, you know have you know I'm sure there was there was uh, a periods where you were like. I miss the game, but I enjoy what I'm doing now. But also just missing the camaraderie and the, and the competition and, and the locker room and different things. And and so I got to feel that. I think there's there, regardless of who we are, um, there's at least a minimal level of fear about what that next chapter looks like. And I feel like this offseason I faced that down and said, oh, it feels pretty good. You know, I, I kind of I like what this feels like. Uh, I'm not I'm not worried about life after football uh but i was still training and dedicated to you know coming back if if things uh kind of look the right way and i'm so glad i did i've had a blast with these guys being away from the squad again was the first time since i had a real bad concussion uh a few years ago um minus the uh you know the the surgery in 17 um and i really missed the guys i really missed the uh, the locker room and and the BS and, and the jokes and the meetings and just all the little things that make the week uh, passable, you know, as, you, as you're getting ready for the most important and the most fun part, which is the game. You know, there's so many great things, the presentations, the side conversations, the, the you know, jokes in the locker room, the, you know, characters I have to my left, the D-line and Preston and characters across the you know across the other side locker room the offensive lineman and, and just the interactions and so i really i miss those a lot and and uh you know just continuing to cherish those and and have a lot of gratitude to still be doing this to get to play to not have to test for the next 74 days um all those all those beautiful things that uh, that come with uh, uh come out of being by myself for 10 days well we're happy to have you back and uh, it doesn't sound like you're counting down the days <laughs> to your next test at all or anything like that so i wonder if do you have just little do you have it like on a on a calendar in the all right how many we got 74 more days all right 16 days free here all right let's keep no, this thing 
I, I don't, but, uh, you know, again, I'm thankful that, that I felt good in just a few days um, and didn't have any lingering effects um, other than the COVID toe. Um, but uh, We did it. We got the fucking answer. There it is. We did it. You know, there was a New York Post headline yesterday uh, uh, speculating that because A.J. Hawk said you and Joe Rogan were smoking DMT and on one of your trips, boom, something happened to the toe. The New York Post said maybe A.J. Hawk knows something we don't know. There was a lot of other accu- accusations. They, they, gave, they gave A.J. some pub, huh? Oh, yeah. and then his face, the oh, picture boy. they chose was him mid-blink, and he looked. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was very rude. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> but COVID toe was something people were saying. I'm happy we got to the bottom of this. Look at us. Journalists. Yeah. Hey, we're journalists. We're journalists. We're journalists. Age, did Laura cut that out? I want to see, I hope that's framed. Maybe <laughs> she has no idea that happened. I'll say, zero, I'll, I'll zero have, idea about it. I'll have Sam send it. I bet better does. I bet better knows all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Pat was worried. No, Pat was worried about that. I wouldn't like the, the picture of me, which I'm on here for multiple hours, five days a week. You can pretty much get whatever you need if you need a bad picture of me and just inter- screenshot something. But I was more surprised <laughs> that you didn't deny it. You didn't deny it. So I was like, all right, it might be true. <laughs> Uh, they that was fucked up what they did to you, AJ. You guys were swinging kettlebells, smoking DMT virtually. <laughs> Obviously, probably carrying your laptop. Boom! Toe just hit Boom. one of these walls in my seventy-two thousand square foot house. By the way, that's awesome that you and Joe Rogan were hanging out during your quarantine doing the kettlebell swings with those gorilla ones. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I have yeah. some. Those are awesome. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. hitting, hitting, you know, hitting the heavy bag together, doing some kicks. Yep. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it's too heavy of a bag. And you you didn't know you're supposed to hit with your shin there. It's not uh, your foot. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not your yeah. foot. You turned your foot. Was it your left or your right right foot? You turned your right foot. Boom, hit that pinky on it. That bag felt it, but so did you, obviously. You put your left foot in, and you put your left foot out. Yeah. And you put your left foot in. Yeah. And you shake it all about. Oh, it was the hokey pokey that got you, wasn't it? <laughs> That's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Can't wait to see how uh, the, the world. The old DFT hokey pokey, man. <laughs> Could you imagine him and Joe Rogan? It <laughs> 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 was so much fun. You put your foot in too far. Ah, my fucking toe. <laughs> all right, let's get to a much more educational part of the program. Hey, 18 seconds left in the first half, 13 seconds, whatever it was. You were heading in to get treatment. Is that what happened there? If I didn't ask you about this, I would be considered an asshole. You were in the, in the tunnel. It looked hilarious. What, you were, you, there's no way you could have thought the ball was coming back to you guys. Trainers, you decide to go in. What happened? Well, if you remember what happened, uh, I told them I wanted to go in. So uh, Nate and I started walking in. Got a nice chorus of booze on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But uh, Thank you. The first play was uh, there was a um, a replay, right? They had to look at it, a review, because uh, the receiver caught it. They said, and then it looked, and obviously it was obvious that it was dropped. So I just wanted to wait till second down. If we did pick it off, uh, or if there was a turnover, because it looked like they were going to try and go score. You know, the ball in twenty five with uh, you know whatever time was left. So I wanted to just give it to second down to see if we made a play. Um, I figured if they didn't complete it on second down or if it was a minimal gain, they would run on third down and, and punt. And uh, unless we blocked it, Jay could, you know, take the snap and, and kneel down, um, you know, more than capable. That's a funny story as well. I won't get into about the minor freak out that happened, whether or not Jordan needed any snaps with uh, 
with Lucas Patrick or not. <laughs> I love J-Lo because he was like, no, I'm fine. I'm good. Uh-uh. Also, the kid was confident. People were trying to tell him maybe you need to take some. And he's like, will we please relax? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. We're good. Hey, J-Lo's going to be a guy, man. Hey, here we yeah. go. Hey, maybe. I like to hear that. That's a big deal. Yeah. Proud of him. So what you do? You went and got a shot in the foot? I went and got a little treatment. On your uh, on your COVID toe, what they do? They give it a mask? Did they uh, give it a vaccination? <laughs> what, what do they uh, What do they do to the COVID toe? We were doing. Are we doing the? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it is time for the smartest, most academia thing we are a part of, and I have ever been a part of in my entire life. It is time for week twelve of the Aaron Rodgers book club. Obviously, this thing has been captivating the universe of readers since the very beginning of the season. There's been new readers. There's been old readers tapping back into the eyeballs to read once again. Last week, he gave us Fingerprints of the Gods, a 7,000-page book that there was no way anybody was able to complete in one week, but they'll keep it on the list for the offseason. This week's book is... I'm gonna do a little lead in because I've been—I know I've been—I've been picking a lot of more serious books. I would say this book was sent to me this week by a dear friend of uh, both AJ and I's, and I wanted to highlight it. I haven't read the whole thing yet. Right? Oh no! Oh no! First one I haven't read all the way through, but AJ and I know this guy. We have for a long time, and I want to highlight his new book that he co-wrote. It's by Brian Baumgartner and Ben Silverman. It's called Welcome to Dunder Mifflin. Oh, let's go. Here we go. And for those of you like myself and, and AJ, and I don't know about the boys, but who are huge fans of The Office, um, and some of us who actually got to be in an episode, uh, the, <laughs> office, the Office helped me get through COVID. I mean, I watched it two more times from the beginning to end during uh, during 2020, again, you can binge when you can binge shows, and that one uh, is amazing. I first started watching uh, the British version of The Office, uh, starring Ricky Gervais, years and years ago on a recommendation from my friend Joey. Genius, and man. loved it. And then, you know, obviously fell in love with uh, with Steve Carell and and the American version of The Office. Um, Brian did two Brian Bumgarner, who played Kevin Malone, by the way. Doesn't talk like that in person. I want to, you know, obviously if you've seen him on what? various shows, he's also That's a fan. But he he did a couple podcasts. Um, I want to get the names right here for Brian. Uh, an oral history of The Office and a newer podcast, which is called The Office Deep Dive with Brian Bumgarner. I want to show this photo of him. He's also really big on uh, on. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah move it. Yep, right there. There he is. <laughs> He's also really big on cameo. You wanted me to mention that as well. Uh, But this book is written uh, similarly to the way that the podcast uh, uh, was recorded with a lot of interviews with people and back and forth. And look, The Office, one of the most watched shows of all time. At one point, I believe uh, it was watched four times. It was the most watched show on Netflix with like 8% of the viewing audience. And the next highest was at 2%. Uh. Um, So Netflix definitely... Uh, fleeced, uh, uh, you know, NBC for for the office when they licensed it because so many people were watching so many minutes of that show. But, um, but uh, you know, definitely fun to, to highlight Brian. I've met him in 2008. He's uh, from Georgia, but a big Packer fan now. And 
uh, excited about his book that just came out, and thanks for sending it out. So next week, I don't know if I'm going to do a more serious one again or oh. or something a little more the subtle. Israeli study next week, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me with this? I'm really pumped about this. What's the name of this one? This one is called... Welcome to Dunder Mifflin, the ultimate oral history of the office. Well, I can't wait to dive into the podcast to tell me what's happening in that book. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy the hell out of that. I, too, big Ricky Gervais fan. I've seen The Office. The, the Office here is mm-hmm. big fans oh, yeah. of The Office. Uh, we appreciate you for joining us, man. Thank you for another incredible Tuesday. Dude. Yeah, I feel like we, we got a couple couple good nuggets there. and. Uh, <laughs> Oh, here we go. All right. Uh, Put that capo on. No, I was going to let you lead the way, and then we were going to sing our song that we practiced. What do you guys sing? It's our song, Aaron. Go ahead. Our song? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just about to get into it. It's uh, Tuesday. They say Aaron Rodgers is rather great. The son of a bitch lied. That's right, right now, live in Los Angeles, the Chargers superstar quarterback, a man that's six foot nine, 300 pounds, throws the ball all over the yard out of a tiny town in Oregon. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Herbert. I appreciate the intro, but I, I think that might have been too much for me, though. No, no, no. You deserve more. You deserve more. I Actually, take him off the screen. Take him off the screen, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, a quarterback that is changing the game with a rookie head coach, had a little bit of an ebb and a flow, and back on top after a Sunday night football victory that showcased not only that this man can throw, can run, but his hair is back to being yeah. glorious as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Herbert! It's an honor to be here. Anything about the intro? It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> okay. The honor's all ours. How you doing, man? Big win. You looked fantastic. There was a little bit of a time where I think the national narrative, I don't know about Chargers media, the national narrative was, how does the rookie head coach, how does the young quarterback, how do they get out of this entire thing? It feels like Sunday you guys found your rhythm again. What was it, and what do you think's happening with your team? Yeah, that one got awfully close. Um, you know, I, I thought it was good for us to kind of bounce back and, and deal with some adversity because, you know, we had uh, quite the lead and um, kind of found a way to, to give it up. But uh, we, we battled back and the defense came up with some big stops. So uh, just got to keep building off of that. I feel like last year we saw you answer a lot. And I think that is why so many people got so excited, not just about the Chargers team in the future, but about Justin Herbert. And I know you don't like speaking about yourself, and uh, that's honorable and admirable, especially in the world that we're in. He's in L.A. too. You're in that. I mean, it is. You are an anomaly, sir. But I feel like you do have that thing in you where you answer. Like always, nothing, There's never a moment that's too big. It feels like you relish those moments when you have to make a big play, whether it's a throw to Mike or a run or another ball down the seam. Have you always been that way? Do you think it's it's just kind of your football mannerism? Is there have you ever is it other sports that kind of created that? Why do you think you are that way? 
Well, I appreciate that. I, I think it kind of starts with all our preparation, uh, spending the time with our, our quarterbacks coach, Shane Day, Joe Lombardi, um, and all the quarterbacks in our room. We, we've worked on our, our, our drops, our, our footwork, everything for so long. And so that when you get put in that situation, you know, you better have an answer for it. And, um, you know, we've, we've made our fair share of mistakes and, and interceptions, incompletions, and you have to learn from those. And football is an awfully tough game. And as long as you keep making mistakes and learning from them, um, I, I think you'll like where you end up. Austin Eckler had like four touchdowns or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. and when he joined hey is he is he when you and him are not, he is, he is. <laughs> no he's tall he's, he's a pretty tall guy well uh, it doesn't matter i don't know if it matters he has like zero percent body fat he's incredibly explosive we love chatting with him because he's entertaining and everything like that but when we talked to him he talked about brandon staley in the team explaining why the whys of why everything like hey this is what we're doing on offense to the entire team this is what we're doing on defense to the entire team this is what we're doing on special teams is that something you've enjoyed as well that kind of coach Staley has brought in and what other things do you think have really made you guys a better squad this year? It's one of my favorite meetings of the week. Uh, on Thursday, we talk about the game plan to success, and we talk about special teams, offense, defense, and we go over that, and you kind of learn more about what the defense is doing and special teams is doing. And uh, it's, I think it's really cool to go out there on Sunday and especially see that happen in the game plan. And they talk about plays. They talk about you know how they're going to rush the passer, all this, all this stuff that they talk about, and you get to see it happen live. And, and I think that's the part that's really cool for us. What do you do off the field right now? Anything? Are you just studying film all the time? Is, are the bright lights of L.A. getting in the way at all, or what, what's going on? No, I've kind of stayed out of that. Uh, just focusing on film, lifting, rehab, working, working out, doing all those things to, to get right so you have any chance to play on Sunday. You're an absolute animal. And uh, we found that out what his first drive. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Got, and we don't have to take the visit back, but obviously, golf tee, tie rods long, <laughs> Herbert's in, first drive, run somebody over. Mm, yeah. Whole team loves. Here we go. We are in the Herbert era now. Uh, what do you weigh? What height, weight, and what workouts? Do you just do sustainable workouts or are you trying to get strong? Stronger as you go. Uh, I'm about 240 right now. Come on. Just trying to maintain weight. Uh, you know, football—it's a, a long season. 18 weeks is, is long, and uh, you know, if I can maintain that weight for 18, 18 weeks, um, you know, I feel like I'm setting myself up for a shot. Do you do any training like uh, Rocky type training? You know. Not quite, but uh, I've looked into it, so I might have to start working on that. Well, because I thought, like, if you train just getting punched in the stomach, like, if it was to happen <laughs> in a game, it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Because Cam Hayward, future Hall of Famer, big guy, he brought that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, did you even feel that? Did you eat that? What was that? And did you talk to him since the game? Have you chatted with him? No, I, I think it was a mistake. You know, I, I think I think he slipped. I, I don't think anything was intentional. And, you know, football's an awfully emotional game. And, um, you know, sometimes you get caught up in the pile. And uh, I've got no hard feelings to him. And, you know, he's an incredible player. I've got so much respect for his game. So whatever happens, happens. And uh, it's on to the next play. And I assume he feels the exact same way about you. Are you are you chatty on the field? You're not really known as a chatty person. But I assume there's some defenders now at this point with 240 pounds. Jeez, Jeez. Jeez. So big. There has to be some people trying to get at least a little bit of a mental edge like, hey, Herbert, have a good time today. Is there any interaction between you and defenders, or is it uh, mostly quiet? 
Well, it's actually kind of been funny so far. Everyone's been really nice. Um, you know, it's one of those things I've actually really enjoyed talking to people in defense. And, um, you know, the longer you're in the league, the more you get to know people and you get to talk with them. And, you know, uh, they bounce from team to team. So just being able to talk with them and, and say, you know what, hey, how's it going? Good game and, and stuff like that. It's been really interesting. Did it feel like anybody, like, hated you, despised you? Did it feel like, have you been out there in the middle of it yet? I know this is still young in your NFL career, but has there been any moments where you're like, well, it feels like that person has hate in his heart towards me. Has there been any of that? Not yet, but uh, people have probably done a pretty good job of hiding it. So uh, I think that's something I have to <laughs> pay more attention to. Uh, when you go into play like a Denver or a team in a division that you know, is there any at the, I mean, you're still so young. I mean, you're still so young, but you carry yourself like a vet and you've played your entire rookie year. We got a chance to watch just so many close games. When you're playing a divisional opponent, is there anything that helps or is it you guys are in a new offensive scheme now, new defensive scheme? You kind of just got to look at it like each individual individual game is coming? Um, I think looking back and watching the games from last year, I think that can be super helpful. Um, but ultimately what it comes down to is you're going to have to have a good week of preparation. You're going to need to watch as much film as you can. And, um, you know, this Denver team, they've got a really good defense and, and they're playing some pretty good football. And uh, it's up to us to have a good week of preparation so that we have any chance on Sunday to win. Have you changed your routine at all? Are you be building your routine currently? Like you had your first off season. Was it, did it go exactly how you thought? Have you looked back on anything, how you would change and do your week to week change as you're trying to find your forever routine here as an NFL quarterback? Yeah, I think uh, one of our best additions would be Chase Daniel. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys, a, a veteran quarterback that has been around the league so long, has, has had so much success that, uh, you know, he's kind of led us through our, our film routine. And it starts um, today on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and going through it and having a plan of watching uh, certain aspects of the game. And I think he's been super helpful. Today's Tuesday, Herbert. <laughs> yeah, I. I <laughs> I know. I just meant at the start of the week. I was a little bit worried. Are you guys playing Monday night? Are you playing Monday night or Sunday? Sunday, I believe. (laughs) Wow. This guy. You know, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving's Thursday, by the way. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, Herbert. Hope you enjoy that. Are you going to kick any field goals this year? Because I saw you, obviously, training camp fucking smoke. That was a good ball. Uh, No, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, Hamstring? Just, just got to stick to throwing the ball. Did they say hammy? No more hammy blow? I mean, potentially. Yeah, just take it easy over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Go ahead, Ty. Justin, on Twitter and stuff like that, people always talk about like the battle for LA or whatever and you know how like sometimes at Chargers games it seems like it's 50-50 and then you got the Rams who are bringing in all these guys. Do you guys at this point feel like, uh, does SoFi actually feel like your home stadium? Like, Do you, have, do you feel like you have home field advantage there? I love playing at SoFi. You know, the Chargers fans, they always show up, and they, they've done an incredible job of uh, showing their support, and their support means the world to us. And, you know, it's always tough because uh, opposing teams, they do travel well. It's the NFL. It's always going to be tough, but uh, SoFi is definitely our home. That place looks like a space station, huh? Is that what it's like behind the scenes, like the locker room? It looks so – is it so much nicer than all the other stadiums you go to, I assume? It's really impressive. We, we're so lucky to be able to play there. It's The, the facilities are second to none, and, um, you know, it's, it's an awesome field. Hey, when you – and they say this about NFL quarterbacking, but you did it last year and you're continuing to do it. When you throw to a spot, is that just a feel thing? And does it change, obviously, like Keenan's a stud, Mike's a stud, you have a lot of weapons. But when you're thrown to a spot where it's only your guy, there's no thinking that's just like kind of naturally happening, happening to you? And have you always been that type of quarterback, like even in college? I think it has to be that way. I, I don't think you can think and throw at the same time. And I, I think the more you think, the 
the worse the throw is probably going to be. And I think that's just one of those things that you have to kind of learn through and go through with, with experience. And I think it's much like kicking too. And you, if you think you're probably, um, making some trouble for yourself. Yeah. Uh, paralysis by analysis. I was too dumb to ever think, which is good news for me. <laughs> so I think you're way too smart. Hope you'll get through that. Have you adjusted anything with your body for the long season? Uh, like if via college into the NFL with your technique, for instance, we talked to Josh Allen. He put lasers on his body or some sort of, uh, some sort of device like yep. a golf swing. And he found out that although he had a strong arm, his elbow was in front of his hip. That's why he wasn't as accurate have you do you work on all those little finer details still are you still evolving or are you pretty set with your motion no i haven't worked on anything like quite like that um i, I think that's maybe something to address in the, the next off season uh, but i think a lot of the footwork stuff a lot of the drop mechanics that we worked on this past off season i think that's been super helpful this year oh you can feel it exactly just more comfortable in the drop? Like you're not hitching as much? How can you feel it? It's just, it just is coming a lot easier and quicker to you? Is the game slowing down because of it? Yeah, I think it's, it kind of starts with setting up the pocket and not getting too deep and being able to step up and uh, kind of have a sense for where the pocket's going to be. And if there are free rushers, you know, you have to take, take uh, quick little steps to kind of avoid those guys. So um, it's definitely challenging, but uh, have gotten a lot better at it. Wow, you're crushing it, dude. Go ahead, Tom. Justin, like in reference to that and pocket awareness and stuff like that, there was many, many times on Sunday where you would step up. It's a diehard Steelers fan you're talking to yeah, right here, right. by the Great way. Great game Sunday. Uh, where you'd step up and there was literally no one in front of you. And that happened like 10 times. Do you, like when that happens, do you still try to sit there and make a throw or you're like, I'll take this 20 yards easily? I think that's kind of the challenge that you have to face when you're playing quarterback. And, um, you know, it's obviously great to go through your reads and find a, a guy downfield and make a completion. But at the same time, if it's third down and, and you need to be able to go get five or six yards, uh, going and scrambling and, and finding a lane to run, I think that's huge for our offense. Hey, you run, this guy runs 4-6. That's right. right. This guy runs 4-6. That's what the internet was saying. The, the entire internet was like, Justin Herbert, surprisingly yeah, quick. Pretty mm -hmm. fast. Pretty crafty athlete. <laughs> First one in, last one out. Son of a football coach. Whoa. You still running four six, or is that just combine time? You're not working on that anymore. Um, you're always working on your speed. Uh, Coach Lamondo and Jonathan Brooks at uh, the strength staff here—they've done an incredible job. So <laughs> we're we're always working on it. Hey, you were rolling there. Now a three hundred pounder did catch you, yeah, and then he punched you. But you were <laughs> you were rolling there. I mean, just something to think about. I guess I'm not working on my speed uh, quite enough then. Hey, well, don't. Hey, listen, don't be kicking balls and let's not be doing too many explosive things, okay? Let's not blow any hammers. Let's throw the fucking ball, Justin. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Justin, the hair looks phenomenal. Is there any thought to maybe pivot to a mullet at some point, or are you just going to let it keep going? And then real quick, talking turkey, are you a mashed potatoes guy or what? Uh, for sure a mashed potatoes guy. Uh, but Come on! No, yes! no thought on the mullet quite yet. Um, I think that's something that I've uh, kind of think more about and, uh, maybe transition to in the offseason. Oh, maybe playoff run. Ooh. What do you say? Playoff mullet. <laughs> last, guy's time, last, last time you were on, you said, I'm a Nike guy, and you hadn't signed a Nike deal. And I said, whoa, 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 you'll fucking sign with Adidas, right? Let's make sure we have a little leverage. You're like, no, I'm a Nike guy. You're a Nike guy now completely? Yeah, Nike guy. Uh, I've always been loyal to the, to the swoosh and uh, kind of grew up with it. So uh, it, everything worked out well. Hey, congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Really, really happy for you, man. Go ahead, Frank. Justin, uh, back to the running that we were talking about with you doing, and especially on Sunday, I noticed you were sliding a lot, and a lot of young guys, when they come into the league, either refuse to slide or don't know how. Is that just, like, instinctive? Have you ever worked on that? Did you play baseball? Where'd that come from? Because it was, as a Steeler fan, it was frustrating to watch. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's super important not to take hits in the NFL because all those guys are not on the side of the ball. Uh, they're bigger, faster, and stronger than me. Um, and so growing I up, don't think baseball, so. I don't think so. Four six, two forty. Yeah. I think I think you start maybe you know. <laughs> Run them over. Ah, you know, they're, they're not bigger, stronger, faster than you, but I do like that you are thinking about the team because your availability is better for everybody's life. That's a real thing. Is that is that something that anybody's had to tell you, or did you know that? Well, uh, we talked about it last year. The Chiefs game, when I, I took the hit on the sideline, it, it took one hit for me to realize never to do that again. <laughs> and so <laughs> every opportunity that I get to slide and not avoid a hit, uh, I'm, I'm going to slide. Stuffing, though, is your number one side, obviously, on Thanksgiving over mashed potatoes, probably? Uh, yeah, I'd put them both at the top. I don't think I could pick one over the other. Ooh, good man. You a white meat or drumstick guy? Huh? Huh? I'm more of a, a ham guy, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah she liked the drumstick then. Honey baked. Because the drumstick is the ham of the turkey. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I understand that. Um, do you have family coming into town? Is it just another work day? What is it? My brother, actually, my older brother who uh, goes to medical school at Columbia, so he's going to hang out with me for a week, so it'll be fun with him. So you you come from big brain family, too, mm. like big, big brain family. He's the smart one. You know, I've, I've had to live up to him. What do you do other than football, though? Do you, do you, are you a video gamer? No cards player? Just kind of live your life? What do you do? Uh, I try to play golf as much as I can outside of football. Nice. Um, but uh, other than that, during the season, we don't have too much time off. Justin, you're like... And it, not just saying this because you came on the show and you've come on the show before and given us incredible time, and we're very thankful. Hey, Shane, yeah, thank, thank you, Justin. No, but you are like the picture-perfect superstar if I wanted a young quarterback to be. You seem to be incredibly humble, smart. In L.A. could be a distraction for everybody. Have you guys experienced that at all on your team? Like new players come in. Is, there ever, is that ever addressed or is it just kind of understood? Like we get to live in great weather. Let's not let all the other stuff fuck it up. Or is it you have a good locker room that's just kind of bought in i think everyone's been really focused on on what we need to do here in the building and i think that covid has kind of affected that as well and kind of being safe and realizing that you know you can't do exactly what you wanted to do a couple of years ago everything's changed and uh, for us to keep playing football and to, to to be able to do what we want to do we have to be safe we have to be smart um and so i, I think that aspect of things everyone's been really good at you ever talk to tom telesco and does he say thank god miami drafted to him <laughs> Does he say that to you, or how this? You can laugh. Yeah, you got to go and pop it. Down. <laughs> how are the conversations with Tom Telesco? Tom is, is such a smart, such a smart person. You know, anytime you get to talk with him, you get to learn so much more about football, about player personnel, and um, you know, we believe in him so much, and he's done an incredible job so far. Well, you and I have it's certainly one thing. I'm 242. It looks a little different. <laughs> but uh, Tom Telesco brought me into the NFL as well with the Colts. He was the reason I got drafted to the Colts. Obviously, he's incredibly pumped that you were the quarterback for his franchise that he got to bring in. Uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us on this beautiful Monday, Herbert, on this beautiful Monday. And have a great week. <laughs> have a great Thanksgiving and good luck this weekend against Denver, brother. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. No problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Herbert. Thank yeah! you. Today's show is presented by Arby's. Just when you thought it couldn't get better than the real country-style rib sandwich that was smoked low and slow in an East Texas smokehouse, Arby's went and outdid themselves again. Hell yeah. We now introduce to you the Arby's Boneless Wings. Arby's delivered 7,000 of these things to the office yesterday, and we can verify they are delicious. Top-notch. Legit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
perfectly sauced. Yeah. Not too much, not too little. Yep. Seemed like, now granted, it was for our office specifically, so you're gonna have to try out that. Seemed like it was cooked to a perfect amount, and I ate it hours and hours later. Mm -hmm. Still a good, good kick. Good cold. Still a good kick, mm -hmm. good taste, good texture on the boneless wing. Delicious. Very impressed. They should have been doing boneless wings for a long time now. Yeah. They had barbecue, they had uh, uh, buffalo, buffalo. they had, uh, I think there's two others, right? I don't know. Honey? We had those two. Yeah. We're talking about six pieces of all white meat in crispy seasoned breading tossed in either classic buffalo or hot honey sauce. There it is. Okay. Served with their new crinkle cut French fries, which might be even better than curly fries. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they told they me to say that. Very they good. are very good. They, they are unbelievable. Can you get some cheese on this? Oh, oh, they're salted very well. Oh my God. All that is just $5. Wow. What? Six pieces of boneless chicken. What? How do they make money? I don't know. Uh, crinkle cut french fries. What? The cheese will probably be a little bit more. Yeah, 60 oh, cents. Yeah. <laughs> $5. Get out and try yours today. Thanks to Arby's. Shout out to Arby's. There's one man that joins us for the last two hours of almost every show, unless he has a black tie affair, mm -hmm. a gal gala? Gala, 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 to attend, uh -huh. a world to change, a mm -hmm. cult to appease. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Hey! AJ, what's going on, dude? What's up, guys? How you doing? How was Herbert? Hey, Herbert was awesome. Herbert was incredible. Didn't give anything that, like, uh, you'd be like, oh, I can't. What? what? You know, nobody's, nobody's doing that, but he's proving every single conversation that he's like a guy. You know, he's so cool. I would love to be on a team with that guy's quarterback. Seems super chill, you know? Yeah, Joe Cool. And then we called Montana, especially oh, yeah. when he was uh, yep. taking wow. care of that person abducting his granddaughter. Well, but yeah, he does seem to be like he is always in control. Uh, we're going to have to ask FanDuel, but could we get a futures bet on Herbert? Saving a kidnapping yep. with a football, yeah. Because wow. if they if that is what they called Montana, Joe Cool, because he's cool. just always cool. Herbert's got the same exact quality. I'd like to put a futures on him snagging mm -hmm. a football out of a glass case mm -hmm. with Super Bowl rings on and throwing a strike at a guy's beak who is what's that reenacted. What? Oh, no, no, I don't got it today. Pinky ring on. I just uh, still yeah. don't know if Joe Montana actually did that. He did. Oh, shut up, He Fox. did. Was he wearing his Super Bowl rings? Yeah, 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 I think so. He, he sleeps in them? No, no, no. He, he was in a photo shoot uh, that day because he was saving the world. Yeah, he was, he was watching world. film yep. at yeah. the time, still having them on. Yeah, he had them on there. But anyways, it would be very difficult to play quarterback with a pinky ring, by the way. And I was thinking about slinging this thing. Mm -hmm. And not that you look like a kidnapper, but like to emulate the throw or whatever. Pinky ring almost came out as soon as I did that. Oh, no. Yeah, I did that because, hey. I had a 10-win weekend, I think. Ooh. There we go. Hey, 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 I think I had 10 picks right against the spread. Am I? <laughs> Am I a shark? I'm a shark. People talk. Need to shut it. Getting a lot of tweets about people saying I'm losing the money because the risk-free same game Barlays didn't hit and the super boost didn't hit a couple times. But I'm ten and five. You're nine and six. Let's go. Here we go, boys. This is what's gonna happen going forward. This is who we are now, AJ. The standard is the standard. Week eleven into a week eighteen season. Let's go, dude. Let's go ahead and get this now. Let's win this, AJ. Hey, how do we get any of these right when every single week it seems like there's three or four games no, no. where should be a blowout one way and 
the team that usually on paper does not look very good blows them out. No, no, AJ, I understand what you're saying about the first 11 weeks of the NFL season, but I am here to declare that now the teams that we know will show up will show up. Yes. And the teams that we know stink will stink. Mm -hmm. This is great for all of us gamblers That'd and those of us who pick against the spread. That Here we are. Here, yeah. we, go. here, here we, go. we are. Woo. Here I'm, we are. Like So like the Bears are legit, right? Like they're, They have no issues. They're not, good? No. Oh, come on. No, it's dude. the opposite. No, the Bears stink. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a video with Zito singing. And I didn't Whoa, know that wasn't me, dude. Okay, but, so it did sound like Zito to me, too. Yeah. I, I was I, I was not told weird. who made it. I was told I was Goodbye, not told who made it. Yeah, so it's can everybody sing it but Zito? Can we get oh. one more run back here? Yeah. <laughs> See, this nah. is Whoa. this is what they wanted to do to old buddy's oh, voice yeah. in Atlanta. Go, yeah. That's right. They wanted to distort the voice, which is exactly what Zito just did. Who? Because who? we, you know who, you know who, dude. Come on, FBI. It in Atlanta? What do you mean? Yeah. You know who, dude. Oh, Richard Jewell? Yeah. yeah. They tried yeah. to distort his oh, voice. On. How would anyone yeah. know? When there was a That's bomb. What, what are you talking about? Bro, listen, just because I think at such a high level, you know, and I'm seven. Listen, you can keep up with the conversation, AJ. All right? I mean, the fact that I, it, oh, I heard Atlanta and I realized Richard Jewell because you yeah. saw one, like, miniseries. That <laughs> There's a bomb happened. in Centennial Park. Centennial <laughs> that was the worst. So the only thing they had was an audio piece of evidence, right, that linked everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, they tried to get Richard Jewell, uh, the, this incredibly diligent, yeah. hardworking security yeah. guard. Yes. They tried to get him pinned to be the guy because he was telling people they weren't doing their jobs right, so he was not liked by yeah. the people that were Correct. potentially doing the investigation. They thought, oh, this guy's power hungry. The only thing they had was a piece of audio evidence which was call a threat, basically. And they wanted him to record it into something, then they were going to distort his voice, mm -hmm. match it, boom, this idiot before him. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, Richard Jewell said, I'm not doing that. No way. No way. I'm not. And then he ran a sprint around yeah. a park, yeah. and boom, it all got figured out. Anyways, that <laughs> is what we could have potentially had for Zito singing that song, because I, I thought it sounded like Zito a lot, but I was told, no, no, no. I was actually sent, hey, we don't know who made this. And then it was sent in, I was like, that, huh. that sure sounds like Zito's voice. Mm. And Zito texted it to the group. What? Oh, yeah. Zito was like, no, no, not me, though. It was my friend. Were you the jury? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Nagy's, it's hot in the kitchen for Chicago. Not just him, Jason Garrett also after last night's game. Did you watch your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that, yeah, there's definitely, there's been heat on Jason Garrett for a while now. And that wow. Monday night game, like that, like they just haven't shown the progress they want. So I don't know what it means to, if you fire coaches during the season, whether it's a head coach or a coordinator. I don't, I don't like that, but I guess we're getting to that time in the season. Hey, me neither, by the way, because – I guess you can get a chance to look at other coaches, but it feels like it turns into one massive who can find the best way to take advantage of the situation. Not not um, immediately. I think there is some moments where it's like, hey, we're in this together. But it, it would be natural for humans, especially in a super competitive world of either coaching or players, to maybe look out for themselves uh, in a situation. Unless you have a very, very strong person that's coming in to be that interim head coach that's on the staff and everything like that like for instance bruce arians stepped in you know uh when chuck had to go uh do bruce arians is respected by everybody so that was like a, a quick thing but it, it always feels like whenever you fire a coach in the middle of the season i guess it's a good indication like hey we are not going to stand for this 
And it's, especially in the world that we're in right now with social media, the owners hear the fans a lot more. And if they give the perception of contentment with where the team is, I feel like they it gets louder and louder. It used to be writers would write bad things, and you would think that people were saying bad shit about your team. But now they actually get to feel it. They get to see it. It's in literally the palm of their hands. So if they give out or present that they're content with what's going on and they don't do action, you potentially lose the fan base. But the fan base will be back if you fucking win. So it doesn't really matter at all. But I think that is why all these things are happening. And week 11 here, I think we are in that point, AJ. Yeah, if we're this late in the season and you're an owner of a team and you know you're going to to fire your head coach when the season is over, which I guess there's probably some owners in that spot right now, right, where they – are pretty much like 100%, yeah, we're probably going to move on. Then I, Wouldn't it make sense, I guess, to let him go now and get a jump start on trying to find your new guy? Go ahead, Tom. I was just looking at their coaching staff. The rumor is potentially that if Nagy gets fired, then Mike Pops Adams will become the interim head coach. Hey, Whoa. Pops is up there. I would love to send him a text and be like, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, First year coaching Jeez. in the NFL. He was Bring a player, obviously, for a long time, but he was a coach as a player. I wonder what it's like as a coach coach. Now that all this shit's happened, I guess Nagy is talking to the media right now. Ooh, oh, yeah, they I, asked him. What do you say? I have a clip if you want it. Oh, uh, they're, they're chanting it at my kid's high school football game. Yeah, I don't love it. Can <laughs> they maybe? That would suck, man. Oh. That'd be bad. That's life of a head coach in the NFL. Sucks for the kids. The, the dad, it would suck as the dad being like, oh, man, my kid has to deal with this because of what I do. Yeah, here's a 16-second clip that Zito chose to run. Okay, so that's like such a good journalistic way to ask a question. It, it, we heard who, yeah. <laughs> you know who. Uh, we heard that you might be fired on uh, Friday, basically. But we can put this and soup this up in a broadcast manner that you have to give us an actual answer, and you can't give us a no comment. We have to figure out how to do that about the fucking toe with Aaron about an hour. So let's brainstorm. Let's brainstorm ideas. I mean, we need to because I don't. I don't know. I don't. See us getting any gain any ground on that. Yeah, I know. Well, that's you. You probably asked him if we're going to gain any ground. He said no. That's why we have to do shit like this. Right no, here. no, I don't. He he doesn't want to know any. Like I've never said anything like I'll ask you this. He he absolutely does not ever want to be like tipped to what we may ask. By the way, I like that. I, I appreciate yeah. that. I always hate it when people would be like, "I'll send you the questions I'm going to ask you." Ever, I'm like, "Don't." I hate that too. Why? What do we even? I don't like to see him. Like if I'm going, like I did Ariel show today. Ariel's great. But he didn't send me a list of questions. Hey, this is the topics we're going to get to. Like, I don't, I don't like to have to think about it before. Yeah, me neither. But you know what Ariel's asking you? He's asking you every question the internet wants to ask you. Yep. <laughs> I mean, but he has, he has the actual. He does. I mean, he is. Ariel is. He is like an actual. See, there it is. Ariel's like a journalist. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like when he does his interview, it's like a, a journalist type thing or whatever. And I enjoy the hell out of him. I got to do his show. I wonder if he'll just paint you a color whenever he puts it up on well, we you. We talked about uh, it. Maybe. We talked about it. I bet you did. I he may have blamed your side. Oh, well, that's both. That's what Ariel pitch. does. That's yeah. what journalism has become. So it's a shame that we, that is I what he him. is. I said this is great. It's like we have two sides, and each side has a completely different story about how this happened. Uh, there is cool. only one story. Yeah, there yeah. is no two sides of this thing. We have the video. I think he may say the side. same thing. So this is great. Yeah, we actually have it recorded as well. We weren't even asked for our video. We could sent some music that is yeah. professionally made. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad I didn't. I'm I'm not in the middle as of it. Opposed to that throw together situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah don't worry absolutely. about it. I'm gonna make you fifty to sixty shades uh, darker red. <laughs> yeah, not that you're not already red enough. And not already, you know, alarmingly 
colored in the face. Let's go ahead and add a full-blown Crayola <laughs> yeah. crayon on you. But the conversation was great. That's why I was like, what the fuck, Ariel? Like, nobody's going to hear a word I said in there. And I actually, because he asked actual questions to me, as opposed to, like, most people ask me questions. Oh, Aaron's... Uh, uh, what's your favorite strain of dough? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, that's also a good conversation if anybody wants to get into that. There are some that are really... Have you ever been Man. on, like, a, wouldn't you be on the... good? Like, you should be on the cover of uh, High Times, the magazine. Yeah, that would be sweet. I would imagine that would, that would sell a lot of copies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the thing, yeah. Like, we don't have a publicist. Or, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, no publicist. No, you don't need one. No blame. Yeah, I mean, here we are. Yeah, I have, <laughs> That's how Bruce was. Who? Bruce. Bruce is not a publicist. No, I, I like, Bruce is. is not. Bruce is not. No, no, no. Bruce is not a. By the way, you're, you're implying that Bruce is glad handing with all these insufferable people to make situations happen for other people. That Bruce would never do that, I don't think. Really? Are you I don't sure? Think He's so. from Connecticut. Could you imagine having to deal with... Oh. What What's who? Just that whole... Mm-hmm. Oh. That whole world? Like, publicist? Oh, yeah, but the amount of, like, favors. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like, the amount of... Yeah, yeah, you take a lot of ass guessing. Trade and guess, and you're going to give for each show or yeah, something. Yeah, and, it, and it's, there's so much money on the line for everybody, so it's all probably a game, I'd assume. And I have the... Hey, I do not have the trait of the ability to be able to handle it, so congrats to those who Good work. Yeah, I do. Well, do you think Kevin Hart reached out to... ES, his people reached out to ESPN as a way to promote his oh, yeah. new show? I think whenever you get to a Kevin Hart level, I think that you're getting pitched. You know, he's Kevin Hart. That's like, I think maybe. Yeah, but he has multiple things, though. Like, he has a show coming out, so they have their, like, plan on how they're going to promote it. That's why he was on the field doing stuff at the Philly game. That's why we see him all over. Yeah, I get it. I understand that. But I think at, like, Kevin's level, they can make any ask or whatever. Hey, you want to do something around this? And everybody's like, yes, 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 yes. It's all the other stuff. Like, not all the other, but there is a large group of people that are in the game over there, hiring publicists and agents and managers and everything. It's like, all these people are just running your life, I guess. Which and is, you're just wasting money. On, have you ever been around guys that played football with you that you found out had a publicist and you thought, "Is that a like? Did you can't be serious, right?" Yeah, yeah. I was very flustered. I was very. I was, I've been at the derby a few times, and a couple of different people were with. Like you have to, you're supposed to walk like this red carpet deal, and I would just walk behind it and let the guys go on the red carpet. And I just go around and. I was like, I was talking to a player one time, and he's like, yeah, I take I my own photos. Yeah, I take my own photos. Yeah, right. What did you yeah. say? I'm sorry, I had to interrupt her. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. But I go around. <laughs> I, I remember one year I was there, and I'm like, oh, I'm see, sorry, man. Excuse me. I was sneaking back around, you know, and he's waiting to take his turn and the step and repeat the whole garbage. <laughs> he's like, man, I would. I'd like to, man. My publicist is here, though. My publicist is making me go through all this. I was like, no, no, they're not. They work for you, bud. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do that. Hey, you can just walk right like me, by the way, and you'll tell the story, and it'll be much better than any fucking photo that's about uh-huh. to be taken right up there. I've been at a couple events where there was a, a red carpet. I was wildly, you know, surprised about what it is. You know, okay. I didn't know that these people were standing next to, like, pub walls hmm. with uh, uh, literally a six foot red carpet Mm -hmm. with a pop-up behind them in some good lighting with a rail of people on the other side taking photos. I did not know it was this fugazi of a fucking bullshit. What is this thing? But then there's obviously the big ones where, you know, it's like for a real thing. For the galas. Yeah. No, 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 for the award show. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like for the movie premiere. I I don't think I've, no, I don't go to a lot of these events that AJ goes to. I don't think I've ever been to a red carpet where I was like, Oh, that was worth it. You know, like the right, time SPs. that they spent into setting this up, that was worth it. Aspies? 
I was actually working the red carpet. Oh. Yeah, it was terrible. Worst night of my life. <laughs> NFL honors? Oh, you had to stand there and get interviews? What? Get burnt. I ended up Ariel Red. Okay, oh, in real it was life. Outdoors? What? It was at the fucking yeah, crypto.com. It was at the crypto.com center. Come on. <laughs> it was so hot. I was working for NFL Network. They were like, uh, and then I go inside. I was there for an hour. Okay, I was supposed to be there for three hours. I'm like, ah. Uh, I think I'm gonna miss a couple of those <laughs> traffic. You know how the city be. So I was there for like the last hour in a suit, sweating my ass off. Mm. Okay, got two or three interviews. Lashawn McCoy stopped by. Thank you, Lashawn. They were like, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta call for." Him. I'm not calling for these people. There is zero chance. It's the it worst. Was, oh, there was zero chance of that happening. So I got a couple in there. I think it probably <laughs> created a good little piece of content. I was lucky to do it, experience it, and then I represented the Indianapolis Colts at the ESPYS. Uh, I got a, I got like a, I was the only one there. The Colts were up for comeback of the year, game of the year, I think, against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. And uh, they actually had a camera shooting me whenever it happened. Here we go. Just you? Yeah, I was the only one in the building. I was like, did we win? <laughs> Am I giving a speed? There's no way. And then it was a hockey team, I think, or something like that. I was like, oh, come Congratulations. Good but they come. didn't show me on camera. You know, they didn't show me on camera. It was only in the theater a camera came mm -hmm. over. I was like, that is. Gotcha. That is not. That is not. <laughs> that was the same one where Drake was hosting. It was fucking awesome. Mm. It was a good time. And uh, Sterling had just got done being recorded saying oh. terrible things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, Drake did a whole song about Sterling never loved us. There was that whole thing. And uh, I was potentially the only Caucasian in a rather pretty big area. And sure. I, okay. I let him know Sterling didn't like me either, man. Well. Right? <laughs> he didn't like me either. Because as soon as they go to commercial break, the whole theater just gets dead quiet and the lights come on. It's like yikes! Holy fuck! How about you like having the seat fillers? Like if you get up and take a leak, they have some girl or guy come instantly come sit in your seat. Sprint in, boom, boom, boom! And it's like, oh, all of this is bullshit. What yeah. is hey, the first time that happened to me? I came down. I was like, who, what, who stole my seat? Why is this dude sitting next to my <laughs> wife? What are we doing here? And then I, oh, seat filler. My bad. Oh uh, yeah, wait till the next commercial. We'll get you back to your wife. Okay, yeah. that man is you right now. <laughs> This is what's going on. Those are insane. You go to all those events, though. Yeah, I don't no. know how you I, do it. I went to a, I went to the SBs a couple years. One year I went to the SBs. I think Tim Blake was hosting. I was Ooh. deathly sick, just dripping sweat in my seat. It was awful. Yeah. yeah. I've never had a good experience at any of those. I've never won any awards either, though. That's bullshit. Nah. Nah. Heisman Radio. That's true. Oh, yeah. You do have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was. In that cool. hashtag award. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they mailed it. Oh, they mailed that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Cool though. What about that Nickelodeon thing behind you? You won something. Uh, Global dude, guts. Yeah, you earned that. It's not a fucking award show, dude. Craig, I have asshole. no clue what that show is. Still, that is embarrassing to be our age. Roughly, what is the show called? Global guts. Okay, stinks. yeah, I've never heard of it. Guts and global guts. Michael Malley. We know do, AJ. Do, do, do you have it? You don't. <laughs> you don't. We found out yesterday AJ was tending to his piranhas, so he had a pretty busy childhood. Uh, we might have some large news coming out of the NFL, which is a perfect transition right now. Unless there was a McCockner situation or another uh, Bleacher Report situation, <laughs> there is some news coming out. Ari Mirov of Pro Football Focus is reporting. The Giants are firing offensive coordinator Jason Garrett per Patrick Leonard of the New York Daily News. Wow. Okay. So, Jason Garrett, take your clapping out of time. We don't want it around here no more. Last night, 
Saquon Barkley failed to rush for even 40 yards, which alternate rush yard bets and parlays were ruined all over the place because who thinks Saquon Barkley won't fall for 40 yards? Whatever the case, they stink. The Giants have stunk for a long time. When Jason Garrett was hired, they stunk. He's getting fired. They stink. I don't think this is all Jason Garrett's fault, obviously. He might be relieved in his first time calling plays again for the in nine years or ten years, whatever it was. Uh, it has not gone great. Who knows where he ends up next? And is this just for the fans, you think, AJ? I don't know. I mean, if you're the head coach, you got you to do something, don't you? It's either, okay, I'm not going to quit. If I'm the head coach, so i got to figure out what I can do to spark this team. And if we feel like offensive play calling is not up to par, then is their new play caller on staff or after the season, they have to go out and find somebody. Well, they, they – oh, yeah, because you can test somebody right now. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, uh, Diggs. If Giants-Bucks was a Sunday at 1 o'clock game, does he get fired today? Probably not. Oh, yes. Zito just came into my ear with a beauty. We know who's calling plays. Who? Fourth and 13. He's back. Freddie Kitchens is back. back. Holy shit. Freddie Kitchen is saddling the horse of calling plays again as we speak in the barn. Okay. Freddie Kitchens woke up this morning, put his cowboy boots on. Mm -hmm. He sweats over top of them. Said to his family, today's going to be a good day for us. Goes into work. Watch the film. Last night stunk. Freddie Kitchens, though, knows that they can be better. The internet's a buzz. Jason Garrett's out. And as soon as the news goes that Jason Garrett, the Giants, fired their offensive coordinator on Tuesday, according to a source, pulling the plug 26 games in on a longtime former Dallas Cowboys head coach, Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Saddling the play-calling horse once again. Joe Judge's senior offense assistant is expected to take over play-calling duties with Garrett Gunn, starting with Sunday's visit from the Philadelphia Eagles, who are hot with Sirianni. Oh, yeah. Hey, Sirianni and Freddie Kitchens are going to battle it out this weekend. Oh, my God. (laughs) AJ, this is big news. A division rival that has won their last three or four. Go ahead, AJ. Freddie may be able to find a way to hold on to this gig Mm -hmm. because – I didn't know he was the senior offensive assistant. He doesn't even have – he's not a position coach. So well, that's he, like – a lot of times guys like that, they're they're tight with the head coach, and the head coach wants them on staff. So they don't create a position. But there's a lot of there's a lot of great coaches I know with positions like that around the league. Well, normally they put them in like a consultant role, right, when they're fired but still being paid from somewhere else. They put them in like a consultant role so they don't have to pay them anything. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a give and take. Let me rehab my – image a little bit, work on stuff, stay in football while still cashing a check from somewhere else. That's a classic fired coach's move. Did Freddie have any money left when he was fired from Cleveland on the deal? I or? assume so, yeah. He was the tight ends coach. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. In New York. In New York, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. With Rudolph and uh, Ingram. Hey, Freddie Kitchens is beloved by his players. Uh-huh. What if they light it up? What if Daniel Jones they looks won't. like we've never seen him before? What's that? What? Dude, they won't. Come on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Giants fucking stink. We've what? seen Freddie Kitchens' song and dance before. He stinks, too. Uh, I did, did want to ask, though. We talked about it earlier in the year, and there's already reports coming out of the Giants' locker room that all these guys are fed up, and Garrett's an easy fall guy. But like, at what point... like? Joe Judge, the whole like doing push-ups, the tough guy, being super disciplined. Like, do you have to go back to the drum? Like, guys aren't going to want to go there. And no, do you got to win. You stink. And we talked to a great point, Ty. I mean, you buried a couple people there pretty quickly. I mean, geez, Louise. Uh, the opinion- is Joe Judge safe though? That's what I'm saying. No. no. So we talked about this immediately upon the push-ups and the running and the charades and the antics and everything like that. You got to win. 
You got to win. If you start to lose when you're doing all, if you win, everybody be like, okay, we're doing all the bullshit because it pays off. We're doing all this childish junior high school bullshit so that, you know, we win, we we make more money, we get more spotlight, life is a lot better. Whatever your reasoning is to win, we'll buy in. You don't win, though. And they talked about, I think, what, the first night when Fowler and Herb Street were calling it. So it might have been the first Monday Night Football game. And it was, Joe, it was against the Steelers, I Last think. Year. Joe Judge era was beginning. And if you listen to Fowler and Herbie talk to Saquon and Daniel Dimes, we needed a culture change. It's been, we needed it. We wanted it. It was a compliment to the players because the players were buying into this new shit that wasn't necessarily what a lot of grown men would be in with because they need it. You lose though AJ nobody's buying in anymore hey do push-ups hey fuck off and now we were impressed that nobody did that right remember when that happened we were very impressed that there wasn't a single person on that team that said nah everybody was doing it I don't think that is something you can withstand and Joe Judge has to know that he definitely has to to know that I feel like and I mean at this point yeah I don't know how is this his second or third year there second, second. only two years yeah I mean I don't if I'm an owner or a GM I would hope I would give my head coach a few more years to, to at least figure out if you do Ooh. like what's going on if you're there day to day and you think he's going in the right direction who's the owner Mara, Mara? Mara. remember Mara when he's hanging out at those events with you and other billionaires and all that shit he's like I'm tired of telling people why we stink yes and we're hanging out at these yachts and thoughts parties and I'm being asked the entire time why's your team stink why's your team stink why's your team stink sure Mara said that yeah. he did he did does, the yachts and thoughts oh yeah deep thoughts what are you talking about that same thing. I thought he was oh, a deep thinker. Oh, no. You were talking about that. You're no, you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're no. taking Son out the uh, uh, thoughts, huh? Is that? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Is that what you were? You were talking about those hoes sure. over there? Sure. You were talking about those hoes over there? What parties are you going oh, to? Oh, yachts and thoughts. Interesting. Boy. Jesus. Oh. I go to a lot of parties with, with Mara. Which one is this? Which Mara is it? Mara. Uh, John. The owner. John, dude. Yeah. The old one. Rooney's dad. Uncle. Uncle. Really? Mm-hmm. I know the Rooney family was tied to the Mara family. Oh, yeah. Rooney the one Mara. actress girl is related to him, too. Kate? The redhead from uh, from your favorite show is Spacey. Kate Mara. And that's, <laughs> that's not the favorite show, dude. Tony's talking about. It, it was a good show for a long time. I can't watch it anymore. Oh, did Digson mention it? Yeah, Rooney Mara and Kate Mara, their grandparents are the Mars and the Roonies. Oh, so they all do marry within... Mm -hmm. Hey, we just, let's make sure we keep all this money to ourselves. That's, that's right. right. The Maras are getting tired of getting clowned on when they go to the family, family gatherings. gatherings. Yeah. Yeah, I, we're keeping the money within all the rich people, but also, what about my life? It stinks. Our team stinks. What about Danny Dimes? Is, if they oh, go, if they're almost done with Judge, are they almost done with Dimes? The Giants are eighteen and forty under Dave Gettleman. That's what I say. Gettleman's the next. Hey, hey, hey boy, Dave. Hey, nice work. Hey, keep swinging the bat. The new GM's. It's not easy being a GM. Oh, the no. pressure, especially oh, being in New York. You get uh, Gettleman. It's tough. How come some people stink and some people don't? Though, will they ever dive into that? <laughs> Why? What, you know, it's kind of life, isn't it? That's everything we, and that's why. You know, we go live three and a half yesterday, four hours every day. We'll never get to the bottom of it. Nope. nope. <laughs> we never, ever will get to the bottom of it, AJ. There'll always be space for, for us then, right, to talk about oh, it. Why, why is this happening? There, anytime you need a little time or, or don't know what to talk about, let's just start about why do some GMs end up 18 and 41 and some just slide right in and win a fucking Super Bowl immediately? Why well, is it? John Mara's just bitching about it. Is he a big, dumb dipshit? You Whoa. live in New York, not Toledo, Ohio. The guy's 18 and 40. Shit can his ass. It's supposed to, I mean, the Giants are supposed to be good. The NFL is better when the Giants are a mm -hmm. good team. They fucking sucked for 
10 years now. It was awesome listening right. to Parcells and Eli last night talk about the glory days, the LT yeah. back uh-huh. there. You're right. It is giant. It's giant for it's the such NFL. A, it's an institution. It's such a historic franchise for the NFL. Ty is right. Like It's good when it's good for the NFL when the Giants are good. And I thought they're the uniforms they were wearing last night oh. too reminded me of the old school like Giants when they were dominating. We talked about that in the first hour. They looked great, incredible. I mean, that was a great costume for for Monday Night Football. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. why don't what? That's a great job too. What's that? Mm. The Giants head coach. Yes, a lot of pressure, a lot of scrutiny being there. But if you can win for the Giants or the Jets, that's just a great spot to be. Well, for all the alum, all the connections. I mean, they are dying. They are plugged in everywhere. The Giants are yeah. plugged in everywhere in every business because of how long and how great they've been in the biggest market in the world. I mean, it is. You're and right. their fans, though, although the fans will, they will definitely give them a hard time, but they are diehard. Don't like, every, hey, doesn't every fan base, and I, yes. th- I don't want to knock the bigness of the big city because I was in there this past weekend, and when you're flying in there, you forget how fucking yeah. long mm-hmm. that line yeah. of buildings that are bigger than any city you're in buildings just all the way fucking down and then by the way that thing goes way back as well it is massive i get it okay i very much get it but doesn't every head coach or gm that stink i mean they're fire naggies happening at their kids high school football game chicago three third largest city in america but it's quite a difference from new york to Chicago, whenever you're talking size-wise. New York is so fucking big. It is absurd. But isn't it always like going to be in your face? Isn't every GM job going to be tough? I get that New York, and maybe this is back when there wasn't as much social media and connection. And I think I asked Sanchez this, and Sanchez talks about just like, and maybe you can hit on this a little bit more. In our locker room, there wasn't a 100 media people in there every single day in our locker room whenever it was an open locker room session. It was normally like 20 or so people floating around. I guess in New York it is 100 people every single day in your locker room, but you can leave the locker room. Like You you have to speak for 10 to 15 minutes, but you can leave the locker room. You're with your phone all day. And there's people coming at you all day, right? Isn't that? And if you, how many, how much are you guys going out to these events and f- facing it? I just feel like that criticism is a little bit more overblown than there. I, I might be wrong. Though. Just louder. I think it's louder in New York. Maybe it's like the the, the classic like New York bravado, like brash, like that oh, people okay. like in your face. I, I think that's maybe they just may hear it a little bit more. I guess if you and if you go out, you're around a billion people always. If you're in the city. Like Philly has to be miserable. Oh yeah. oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's Philly's nowhere near as large as New York. I guess it's in the area though. So like there's those fans. Pittsburgh. I mean, granted, they're calling for Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. Could you imagine if Colbert or Tomlin were eight and whatever in Pittsburgh? The people would be fucking storming UPMC training. To facility. your point, I don't think like you're right. No matter where you're a GM, no matter where you're a coach, you're gonna you're gonna hear it if you're bad. But I feel like those cities like Pittsburgh, Philly, New York, like those type of cities. Like here in Indy, if, Chicago, yeah, Chicago. Chicago. If you're doing bad and you're walking down the street, no one's gonna come up and tell you that. Okay. Like in those cities, someone's gonna be like, "You fucking stink." And there's dude. a lot more people in that city. Yeah, uh-huh. but don't everybody lives in New Jersey? I don't want to. I don't want to continue to harp on this, but it's, it's. I don't. I. I, I think you know Indiana nice. Indiana is very nice, and I don't know how just much magnified. I think it's just magnified. Yeah, but dude, if you get fifty scrolls, of yeah, people yeah, that's telling different. You, I, mean, I know, but yeah, how many people are doing that? I think if oh you're right you think Nagy's not on y'all these guys aren't on I can't no. imagine Nagy would be. or if you were a coach that would be stupid 
But also, like, for the. What if you just want to live, though? What if you got some good fucking jokes you want to let fly? That's true. Burner account. Don't be a head coach in the NFL, then. I, I, uh, yeah. Well, you're right, I guess, because your time is. If up. you are, only do it when you're winning. Which I think should be everybody, by the way, in the NFL. Everybody should be winning? No, you should be chilling if you're not winning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, great gig, awesome gig. There's only 32 of them, but man. It's. I can imagine day to day. It's a roller coaster. You got to sacrifice a lot. The GM position as well, but it's going to get hot, you know, in the kitchen in a lot of these places. And I guess Jason Garrett's the first domino to fall in this wild 2021 NFL season coaching his situation. It's not like these guys don't understand that, though. Yeah, you know, like everybody he, knows. Yeah, he knows exactly. I mean, and in New York, like they're terrible and they've been terrible. And it's just like at, at a certain point, you know, and you're getting paid a lot of money to. All right, so here's another thing, I guess, with the big city, and I, I literally just thought of this. When Joe Judge did the push-up thing, the amount of coverage it got because of the amount of people that are in the – the local news there is gigantic. Yeah, yeah, blew it up. So the things that are just would be potentially local news, maybe not a massive story, all of a sudden are a massive story. All the, okay, I could see how that would suck. Well, don't they Yeah, because there's some, there some things that slip through the cracks with just the For local sure. news. Yeah. For instance, X Factor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, X Factor and things like There's like local news that slips by. I guess in New York, nothing slips by. Mm-mm. So every single thing you do is a national story. Okay, so maybe it took me a little bit to figure it out. I apologize there in New York, I guess. And they have to, before all of the streaming shows and every a million options, like with Mad Dog and Francesca, you had some like super high profile guys talking about New York sports every day. Yeah, being on radio in New York is still a massive. Like, weren't they syndicated all over the country too? I they weren't in Pittsburgh, I don't think, but I they were big. But I know there's a lot of people that just make full, very, very, very successful careers off of being New York radio hosts yeah. because of how many people are fucking in the area. I get it. I get it. Okay, I was. But just don't make fucking stupid decisions. What, what, like, what, how come just, that didn't happen? How come they're that- trying? I promise you, they're trying hard. I'm sure they're working hard, but they just can't figure it out. Be better than the other team. If the Giants are better than the Jets, then you don't take them on the streams as much. Hey, just real quick, though. There's another question. Why are some teams just – and it's because some places are cursed. I don't know what the Giants did. I know what the Lions did. And we get a chance to watch them maybe win on Thanksgiving this year. Well, well you just can't let it happen in a place like New York either when, like, the city kind of sells itself. Like, there, guys want to go play in New York. Like, they, if your team is oh. decent, like, guys want to go play there. If you fucking suck, they don't. But, like, the city is a big recruiting pitch and kind of sells itself. It's cold, though, isn't it? True. It's uh-huh. cold. It gets cold up here. Yeah, it can get pretty chilly. When they suck last year, and Kenny Galladay still went to New York, so better to try. I got paid a lot of money. They're lucky the Jets suck worse, or else it'd be even louder. The Jets do suck. Rex Ryan met with Sala, by the way. They're back on good graces. Oh, Dave. Oh, what'd they talk about? Uh, He he not the day. I don't know if he met with Dave and Bob, but I know he met with Bob. Okay. He said they learned. He he said he learned about him more, and it was a good conversation and productive conversation. Thinks they got the right guy. That's how it should be. That's great. They they had a. A beef publicly, and then they talked privately, right? And then they moved on, which is, by the way, the world should do that. Yeah. Rex probably saw how fucking stacked Sala is because he is not no small spring chicken. He's a big boy. He's yoked up. Yoked up. Yeah, Dave is as well. Dave's ready to go. Uh Yeah, did he talk to his brother? I don't know. Was Dave there? Maybe Dave brokered the deal. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Big shout out to Herbert for his time, Aaron for his time, AJ, the boys' effort, and to all of you for allowing us to be a part of your day-to-day. You know, we try not to be a terrible show every day, and sometimes we're above average, and if... 
Today's show was one of those. Go ahead and tell somebody about it. Hey, pretty good show over there. Pat McAfee Show 2.0 podcast. And if you didn't enjoy it, just act like you're rapping, you know? Please, that's all we ask. A little small business over here, no big deal. Um, hashtag end the pod squad. If you made it this far, go ahead and tweet yourself uh, listening or where you're listening from. You don't have, it doesn't have to be a selfie, just where you're, you're at so we can learn a little bit. Ty continues to go through those tweets and send merch to random folks. Still 25% off at store.patmcfeeshow.com for our big sale Friday. And uh, we're back tomorrow. Packed lineup tomorrow. Be a friend, tell a friend, Ty. Please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Aaron Rodgers Tuesday evening. Cheers. Thank you.